Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Classic Film Vault. Welcome everyone to the Film Vault. That's Anderson. I'm Brian Bishop. We're your hosts for today. A throwback episode. Ten plus years in the making. Top five coming of age movies. That's right. Top yeah. five coming of age movies. It's a meat and potatoes episode, right? Good one. What, what led you to select this one? Because it was exactly ten years ago, and it's go. a it's a good meat and potatoes episode. And uh, I originally picked something else, but it was much more recent. And I started to listen back to it. I'm like, this is too recent. This isn't good enough. This isn't far back enough. I, you gotta you gotta hear our old voices and the way that we used to. Uh, oh boy, you know, move along with the show. And uh, I can what only we're, imagine what we're into. It, it was uh, some interesting stuff. It's before kids. It's pre kids. Um, your dog was in the hospital. Charlie oh, was shit. in the hospital. Did he had back surgery. He was having his oh, emergency no. back surgery. You were talking. Sadly, about how last time you saw your dog, you, you took him to the hospital, and then you saw him being taken away uh, for the surgery. And I was uh, fairly callous about it. Yeah, I'm like, sorry, you you're might be losing your dog. Anyways. Anyways, we got to talk film. Yeah, got to talk some film. Um, also, this is kind of interesting. I, I told a story, and this is true. This doesn't look good on either side, okay? Because okay. one of two things is happening. Either I told a story. We're all guilty of this sometimes where we t- tell stories that are secondhand, but we're really close to the subject mm-hmm. and we just tell it firsthand for the sake of the story. Okay. Right. Or I never do that. I think we all do. Or I actually did see it firsthand. And these years later, I've forgotten because my brain is mush. Right. That happens. That so does happen. Just recently on, um, the Patreon bonus, I told the story about Toby McGuire and getting up from a junket, okay. uh, that I heard. Right. I thought you told it on this show. Actors that were jerks? I, yeah, it was actors that are jerks, but that was the Patreon bonus. Oh, thanks. So. Okay. Cinematics. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I know. I, I, I flap my gums in a lot of places. So I told that story recently, and in my head, all these years later, it's been probably 15 years since that, that happened. I, I think I heard that on tape, or I might have been there, because I did interview Toby McGuire right. for uh, Ride with the Devil, and that's where it might have happened. I don't remember. So coincidentally, on this episode you're about to hear, I tell that same story, but I tell it in first person uh, as though I was there, and I might have been there. You were closer to it back then. I may have been there. I don't know. I really don't. I. So either way, like I said, either I was lying, or I just can't remember, because... Okay. And honestly, like, you know, not like we live the craziest, crazy, you know, wildest, most insane lives, but we've seen a lot of shit. We've done a lot of shit. You know, we've met been a around, lot of people. Met a lot of Typically people. Typically for an hour or two at a time. Yeah. So it all kind of gets meshed together. And it's no, it's no uh, secret that I do a lot of 
I have a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun in my past. Mm. My brain might not fire as well. We've t- taken this toll. It's scary though when you can't remember if it actually happened to you. Anyways. Yeah. So I get that all the time. Does that happen all the time? Yeah, that and just uh, you'll have heard something that week and you go, I have no idea who the hell I was talking to about that or who told. That it could have been a, a TV lot. show. That could have been. Uh, my best friend that could have been like it could have been a comment I read on Reddit. TV show? You could have been saying like just There's where so you much, heard something. So much information. You've no it's yeah. I can clearly see him getting up and walking away, but I always was thinking that I, I can also clearly see the part of the four or five that I was on when I first heard it. Which neither one of them might be right. I wow. don't know. It's scary shit. It's also, yeah, you get a lot more of that too when like I you know, I wrote a book about my own experiences and I make a documentary about things in the past and I'm like I really remember it going down like this, but can I be a hundred percent sure? Yeah. What mm. else is scary is the movies that we flick fest on this episode. And I, I don't remember ever having seen a couple of them and it's just over a couple of years ago. So here are the movies that you're going to hear about. I should say one of them. All right. Here's what, no, two of them. Jesus. No, one of them. I can't remember which is who's, who's is what you oh. flick fest pans labyrinth for the first time. I know. I think I was assigned it, which is exciting. You were, you also flick fest the road. I, I remember very little about that movie, except being depressed and Charlize Theron uh, appearing in, in flashbacks. I flick fest what Macy knew, which I don't really have much recollection with uh, of what what Macy knew. What Macy knew, yeah. I don't know what the fuck that is. I, I flick fest it mm. on on this on this episode. <laughs> I flick fest the internship. Very bad movie. I flick fest Richard Pryor omit the logic, which mm. is a documentary, which uh, apparently I liked a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this is the end came out that week. You had oh. not seen it. I just oh, okay. I had come straight from the theater to do flick fashion. Really? I was just oh. going on and on about how great it was. Yeah, love okay. that movie. So that's what you have to uh, look forward to, as well as top five uh, uh, coming of age movies. And what was the name of the other one that came out the same week as this is the end or the same summer? The The World's End. The World's End. Yes, which did Simon not deliver. Peg. The third of the Cornetto Corno yeah, yeah. trilogy. Ice cream trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we have uh, coming your way. Uh, it's a solid episode. It's from just over 10 years ago, like I said, June the 14th or something, um, June 12th, mm. I don't know, 2013. And uh, yeah. And, and, Exciting. And here you go. Take it away, us. Film Vault. Welcome to Film Vault. I'm Brian Bishop. That's Anderson. We are your hosts for today's episode of the Film Vault. Well, really for every episode of the Film Vault, but today's episode, top five coming of age movies. Top five movies where... Uh, I'm already confused. Character right? comes of age. Well, what's to be confused about? Dude, I was half listening to you, as I normally do on the intros, and uh, I hear you saying, well, on every Film Vault, actually, that well, is I, top five. Do we do top five coming of age movies every week? I'm, I've been doing it wrong. You, you really were half listening. You really were half listening. No, I said, uh, we're your host for today's episode. Uh-huh. I said, well, really, for every episode. And then you said, and top said, five coming of said, age. And then I said, for today's episode, top five coming of age. We just did the intro twice. I didn't like it either time. <laughs> uh, let's get straight to it. Yeah. Flick fashion. We're going straight to it. Oh, why not? I have, I have corrections. Oh, do you? I have corrections. <laughs> corrections and retractions? Brian's egregious error of the week. Oh. Now, I made an error last week. Someone pointed out on the message board. It's quite snarkily, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> snarkily. <But> snarkily. 
<laughs> quite, quite an ass. What do they, what do they say? Uh, I want to hear a quote. Remember when I said uh, the the script for AE was pretty weak and it was AE After Earth was pretty weak. And oh, are we to the point where we're calling After Earth AE? I don't know why I said AE. I've only seen it abbreviated. I think for the last month or a few weeks. It was Either so way, good. I saw it for a seventh time. So oh so wow, it's so crazy. Really good. I guess I know Flick Fashions. Uh, we'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked about the script and how it was weak, and I was like, oh, standard hero hero's journey stuff. You know, guy. Yeah, I remember his, you getting all like high and and as a mentor, but he you even dropped the name. You dropped the name. I did. And it was the wrong name. I said, oh, I said Joseph Conrad. It's Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. Joseph Conrad is the oh, author of uh, right. Heart of Darkness, mm-hmm. upon which Apocalypse Now was based. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, that's how I do know the name. Actually, I'm not that dumb. Literally, you know what? If I, I, I don't know but if Joseph I Conrad, about Joseph Campbell sound quite similar. I have a learning disability. I don't know if I've I've ever disclosed that to you, my my friend. But mm. like I was I was in special classes, a couple of them sure. when I was much younger in grade school. But I had dyslexia. I still do have it, and uh, I'm a I'm a very slow reader. I read, but I'm very slow. Why don't people Thank dyslexia God. ever? I am talking dyslexia. It's a ma- not a matter of speaking it. It's oh. a matter of reading oh. it wrong. Okay, it gets all jumbled on the page. Right, right. Looks like uh, it almost looks like algebra. It's not fun. So I read very slowly. Wow. Uh, if I didn't, I would be uh, one of these guys that's constantly got his nose in a book. Right. And I, I don't think I'd be seeing movies. It's true. Good thing then. Yeah. Otherwise, this podcast wouldn't exist. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Someone pointed out to me, uh, rightfully, I think, that uh, there's no possible way I interrupt you more than you interrupt me. If anything, it's equal, but I think you interrupt me a lot more. Logan. However, you, you, you um, in. revel in it, and you point it out every time it happens. It's every, not true. Every single... He just interrupted me just now and didn't say anything. No, I, I was adding on. It's not true. It's adding on. I'd say it's about equal. Adding on. God damn this guy. Okay, can we get straight to movies? I don't like it when uh, people movie start time. talking about all sorts. I'll get plenty of other stuff. We're going to talk about, about some things that I often say. Classic heroes, Jordan. Often say. Okay, go. Often. Yeah, go. Often. Go. <laughs> did I send that to you? Yes, you did. And I read it in bed to my wife. We'll get to it later. It's going to be good. <laughs> A very concerned listener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did research on that as well. Let's go. I saw everything, so I want to get to it. It's going to be exciting. Wow. You've seen everything. <laughs> I've seen everything. I'm yeah. going worst to first, Anderson. I'm taking, your, taking a page out of your yeah, book. Yeah, I like I'm going it. going worst to first. The I... worst movie I saw this week, in fact, one of the worst movies I've seen in quite a while, was The Internship. The Internship came out uh, just a week ago and is directed by Sean Levy, starring Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Um, this movie sucked. <laughs> Brian, uh, come on. We're not that show. I'm we sorry. don't do that. Okay, let me, well, Two things. Don't. Don't do. Sorry. And um, Long day. answer this quick question. Yeah. Why Why did you see this thing? I. Did you not learn <laughs> from when we when we gambled on it last week and we heard the rotten uh, tomato? I really. Did you not learn I from was the really terrible? duped into thinking this is going to be good. For what, though? The trailers look so awful. I know. It, it was so terrible. Except for that one trailer where they're going, what? What? It's so funny because yeah. they keep saying, what? They're saying what over and over. And they were saying what because they were confused. It was hilarious. Very, very, very. <laughs> Very God, few laughs in this movie, but it made up for it by being uh, predictable and stupid. So. <laughs> That's how it made up for it. That's how it made up for it. Don't see movies. Brian, you're predictable and stupid for seeing movies like I this. Know. Stop I feeding feel, the beast. Uh, the less said, the better. Mm-hmm. I also saw... Oh. Stop feeding the beast. I fed the beast. Yeah. I gave the beast for 10 bucks. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. I know. He said 10 bucks. <laughs> Go. <sighs> Uh, there are actually a couple people who tweeted me. I reviewed this on the Corolla show last week, and there are a couple people who were, were tweeting me and were like, "Who was Corolla? Don't worry about it." They tweeted me and they're like, "Come on, man, it's a funny movie. They're left, it's a funny movie." And my response to them would be, uh, "What's your favorite line from this movie?" I promise you don't have one. There's nothing funny. I remember nothing about this movie. 
Um, they should have responded with disposable. what? <laughs> what? What? Because okay, I was watching a lot of hockey playoffs until recently, sure. and uh, what they recently? were running the goddamn hell out of that one little promo with them both back and forth saying what? In the webcam. And every time my poor wife had to hear me say, why is that? If that's the funny thing they're, they're going with, this movie is one of the worst things to hit theaters. And what's funny about it? And that would happen about three times an hour. It's pretty terrible. And she would, it would come on and then I'd stand up and I'd start yelling and she'd go, oh, Christ, here we go. Because I was pissed about you know right. the outcomes of the games, how the games were going, so I had to get fired up about something. There's just it's just not funny. That, that's there's what? This, and it's predictable and stupid. But uh, there's 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 not much to say about it. Some people say to me sometimes, "Do you say more about the movie? Give a plot synopsis." Yeah, don't just say it sucks. It doesn't deserve it. Okay, good. Moving on. Moving on. Saw a very good movie, which mm-hmm. I think you almost warned me against. Mm-hmm. The Road. No, I didn't almost warn you against it. I feel, I feel like you warned me against it. No, no, no. I was hoping that it would be something even greater, but it was okay. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Good. Solid movie. Good, good, B plus. I enjoyed it very much. Mm-hmm. Hillcott. John Hillcott. It was directed by John Hillcoat. Yeah. Hillcoat. Director of The Proposition and Lawless, neither of which I saw. Any oh, got to see Lawless. I thought Lawless was terrible. Shia LaBeouf? No, it's good. Lawless Tom Hardy good. makes up for everything that Shia LaBeouf might have done wrong. Oh, right. Good movie. I thought it was bad. Much much uh, more uh, bloody and uh, raw than you'd expect. Really? Yeah. Shit. This one, The Road from 2009, starred uh, Viggo Mortensen, Cody Smith-McPhee, a little kid, and uh, Charlize Theron. Um, this is based on a novel by Cormac McCarthy. He wrote uh, No Country for Old Men. That was where the letdown was. Is I, I, I've heard enough about the book, and I've read enough about the book, the book and the premise of the book. Prize winner. Yeah. That's I love what. the book. See? You read really the, good. You read this book. Yeah, it's really well written. Well, what, else, what other book would he have read? Why no would he chime in? Any, okay. Sorry. Hey, Logan, how, just briefly, I'll, I'll give a short <laughs> plot, a bit about the plot, but how does it dip? Does the book differ from the movie at all? Well, the book's written from the perspective of the kid. Okay. Very so different. it's very interesting that way. Sorry, and it's written like a kid's talking. It's very easy to read, um, but it's paced really well. Hmm. Like it's, it's paced in very short sentences, which for the intense scenes of the book or parts of the book, um, it makes it a lot hmm. faster and more interesting. Okay. Interesting things about this. I, I don't know. The, I mean, I, I know of the book, but I've not read it. Uh, interesting things about this movie, The Road. So it's post-apocalyptic. The world is uh, pretty much in ruin from the time the movie starts. You never find out anything about how the world ended or what happened. You also never find out there's the, none of the characters are named. Uh, they never speak anyone's name in this movie, which is kind of an interesting uh, twist or interesting plot device. Um, Do the noise. For a book? Okay, so the problem I have, and I brought up this podcast before, Anderson, mm-hmm. this is something you do every time. What are you doing? What are you looking at? I'm not yawning into the, uh, the, into the mic, and I'm listening to you. Let's, let's engage in conversation. <sighs> something I bring up on this podcast a lot about book adaptations to movies mm. is the, a lot of them slip into melodrama. That's just an inherent problem with novels. You're co- encompassing a huge novel, and you're condensing it into a one-and-a-half, two-hour movie, mm-hmm. and it becomes melodramatic. That just happens sometimes. Right. You're getting sweeping yes. drama and emotions. Because a lot of the time, the, the, the director is in love with the, the material, and mm-hmm. that's why he's making it to begin with, and he tries to do a little bit too much. Doesn't happen here. Doesn't happen in no, no Country for Old Men, which makes me wonder: Is Cormac McCarthy just that cinematic of an author, or is this uh, just really good ad- adaptations? I I'm tend to think he's just that good of an author because I feel like, as Logan was saying, it's fairly lo- uh, loyal uh, to the book. I think it might also speak to the characters that he creates, and they can stand up on their own without needing the melodrama. Uh, uh, what I also wanted to mention was uh, Nick Cave. Of yep. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Have it written down. Okay, good. Great score. 
He's also very descriptive in, in his writing, so creating those sets were really must have been really easy for the filmmakers. Mm. Nick Cave actually wrote the screenplay or helped write the screenplay for Lawless. One more reason to watch it. Really? Yes. Now, Nick Cave, uh, great score. I wrote it down. Uh, I thought it was that fantastic. What's the movie is like mud. It's dark. It's gray. It's hard to get through. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not an enjoyable movie, but it's a good movie. No. I would call it a bleak ending, but the entire movie is bleak. So from beginning to end, there's no. It wasn't sunshine. dark enough for me. I was hoping for. It a wasn't little... dark enough. Yeah, you know, it had that dark tone, but it never really got holy shit. Yeah, you know, Children you know, of Men got more holy shit than, than wait, the road. Uh, the, our, the language. our audience has me so freaked out about spoilers. I feel like I can't discuss. No, no, yeah, we're gonna be very careful. Through. We're gonna be very careful. I want to talk about something that happens halfway through the movie. No, you know, we can talk about it at the end. You know, that's what we do. Mark it, write it down. We'll talk about it at the end. If you've seen it and you would like to hear us uh, talk about it a little more in depth. <laughs> Where the hell did my pen go? <coughs> it's not funny. Gravity is not funny. Sorry. Anyway, the road. <clears throat> okay, move on to the best movie you've hey, seen. Hey, top since... five unnamed characters. We, that's been on our list for a while. Okay. It reminds me. We're not going to do that next. We're not, no, we don't want to do it next. We should do it soon. Okay, sure. Yeah. You're just going to go through the cast of uh, The Road? The <laughs> song from The Road. Oh, you know who's in that? Omar from The Wire. Is he the black guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's With only a one scar on his face. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt's in that. He's really good. He's great in it. He's great. He's a great actor. And he is good. I like him in everything. Underappreciated. I like him in everything I've seen him in. Go. Finally. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. You assigned me to see. Oh. Remember what it was? Yes. Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth from 2006, written and directed by Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro, Willie, Willie del Toro, as we call him. Brian. Willie. It's William. Pan's Lab. I told you last week why I call it Pan's Lab, and I just found the uh, ticket stub recently, because I keep all my ticket stubs. Pan's Lab. And it said Pan's Lab on the ticket <laughs> stub, because it's too long a name. <laughs> That's right. Pan's Labyrinth, 2006. Um, eh, good, not enough, not enough transforming robots for my taste, mm-hmm. but a uh, good film. Uh, still a decent movie, I guess. Um, Brian, More skull crushing, by the way. More skull crushing. Could, How much skull crushing do you need in movies these days? Some massive face cutting. Okay, cheek cheeks. Oh were yeah, not, there's, there's a Chelsea grin. Yeah, there is a Chelsea grin. Yes. Now, please just talk about the movie and stop being clever and smart and talk and give it its due because I love this movie. Well, Anderson, let's just hear different things. I'm going to talk about the movie. Or I'm going to be clever and smart. I'm going to stop being clever and smart. Can't do both. I'll just talk about the movie. Whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Very effective use of digital effects. This is mm-hmm. my favorite kind of digital effects, ones that enhance the movie, that don't become the movie. That is, what are you talking about right now? What? Everything you love is where they are the movie. No, I, I overstate my love of Transformers. It's a guilty pleasure. Uh-huh. But uh, movies that are perfectly done with digital effects okay, okay. are the ones where they enhance. Absolutely. They're, they're, they, they dress up the, uh, the screen. Uh, six Oscars. I didn't realize it was nominated for six Oscars that year. Won three of them. To the noise. Art direction, cinematography, makeup. Uh, highest rated film of the 2000s, according to Metacritic, Anderson. The highest rated movie of the of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, of the decade? I, Easy. This I, that's what it said. This I find hard to believe. It reportedly received a, reportedly received a 22-minute standing ovation at Calm. I don't find that hard to believe. Those French fucks? Are you kidding me? I know they take pride, or there's a weird sense of... I can't describe it another way, and there's a big sense of con in how long a standing ovation they give to movies. Like, a, got a 12-minute standing ovation. People applauded for 15 minutes. 22 minutes seems absurd. Do you know how long 22 minutes is? Very long. Let's start right now. Let's talk, come back in 22 minutes, and, and our, our applause will be done. I'm in. Oh, we're going to talk still. What? We're still going to talk there. Right? Oh, we're just going to stand while we do it? 
Uh, this was sub- Can you make it? This was subtitled, which was disappointing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Del Toro wrote them himself. He wrote the... Uh, Brian, the- to get to the meat of this, just kind of explain a little bit about what the, uh, what the story is. Why am I telling you how to do this? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do it. Do as you wish. Pacific Rim. Said 1944 Spain. I didn't write any of this down. Pacific so Rim? You saw that? How did you see that so Pacific, quickly? Pacific Rim is on my brain now. I want to see Pacific Rim. <laughs> okay, you're talking you know, about Toro's pa- next movie. Pan's Labby. Pan's uh, Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, said in 1944, Spain, uh-huh. post-war Spain, mm-hmm. Generalissimo Francisco Franco oh, has take, taken over power, <laughs> and uh, they're in the midst of a civil war. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, post-civil war Spain. Could this work on today's list? Don't talk anything about the ending. I say no. Okay, neither. Uh, I say yeah. I say no. I as say well. no. Uh, coming you can of make age. A case for it, but I would. Pan's Labyrinth could not be a coming of age. Movie. No, it's more of a fantasy. Here's the thing. Now she spends half her time mm-hmm. in in post. Or, or it's, Franco's. It's about a little girl who spends literally half her time. In, well, half it, it's a the half of the movie is about this little girl exists in a dream world, right. and the other half is about uh, post Civil War Spain in 1944. Which is was a great equally movie. equally uh, terrible. Equally as threatening, equally oh, as yeah, scary absolutely. as her fantasy world that is also hellish and nightmarish in many So, like, you didn't you really know which world you wanted her to spend more time in because yeah. every she kept toggling back and forth, and both of them uh, had many, many horrific parallels. And that, that guy played a great villain, by the way. Deserving yeah, of the yeah, top yeah, five he was, villain list. He was fantastic. He was great. Okay. I just Pants made the noise. What the fuck? I made the noise. Appreciate that. All right. Pants Labyrinth, thank you very much for introducing me to that. That was a wonderful experience. I'm glad that you, you saw that. Finally, Brian. Uh, I'm really upset, though, that you didn't see The Purge. Did not see the I purge? thought for sure you were going to see the purge, no purge. Uh, which came out this week. It didn't even Weren't make you my. Were telling me not to see it? Oh yeah, oh. Well, don't see it. But I thought for sure you would. Oh. You don't. You don't heed my warnings normally. Um, it, I, I was. I have many notes and many things to say about the purge okay. that I wanted to talk to you at, at nauseum about after the show, like as a, as an add-on. No purge. Uh, but you didn't see it. I purge because it's purge. not even on my my. It's, I do the three best movies I've really? seen since I last saw you. It's not going to be on there. Purge another the list. Here's what I saw. That's good since I last saw you. Um, <clears throat> start off with a little independent movie that's um, in theaters now. It's not a huge release, but a very, very touching, uh, well-made movie. It's called What Macy Knew. What Macy Knew. And this is starring uh, Julian Moore, who is fantastic. She plays an aged mother of Macy. Uh, Macy's like a six-year-old little girl. Now? It's in theaters now. Yeah, yeah. I saw a trailer for this. Uh, she plays like she's like a rock and roll mom, almost like a Courtney Love type character, and uh, she's married to Steve Coogan, who is, is this from. The, sorry, is it from the the creator of uh, Kids Are All Right? No, Shit, it's, it's uh, two directors though. It's Scott McAhee Mac- and David Siegel, who have uh, both worked on uh, previous venture together. Yeah, she plays like an aging like rocker type, right? Yeah, she's a rocker type. They uh, both made Uncertainly, B Season, The Deep End, and uh, Suture. There you go. Before what Macy knew. I was reading about Macy. I knew a little bit about Macy. I love Julian Moore. I love Steve Coogan. And uh, Alexander Skarsgård is in this, as well as uh, Jonah Jonah Vanderham. And uh, I can tell you the little girl played by Onada Aprila. April, April, uh, didn't love her at first, mm. fell in love with her by the end of the movie. Oh. And it's a modern day tale. It's actually based on a book, Brian. You would like this. Uh, I don't have it in my notes, do oh. I? Yeah, yeah, I do. There it is right there. Uh, no? <laughs> you just refer to IMDb uh, as your no. notes. Anyways, written on, uh, based, based on a, a much older uh, story okay. about what Macy knew. Uh, I think like the turn of the century or something. Okay. Much, much older story. But they modernized it. Uh, for, it takes place in New York, not New, no, not not Gatsby. And she, her two parents, Julian Moore and uh, Steve Coogan, really, really horrible, selfish, selfish parents. And uh, they both you know, there's there's a a, a 
woman involved and then there's a new husband involved and it's just you see everything through this little girl's eyes in modern day New York and it's exceptionally touching and it's definitely commentary on today what's going on so often uh, one of the cheesiest endings I've ever seen in any movie which almost made me not like it god damn they got fucking melodramatic talk mm. about melodrama Maybe because it's a uh, adaptation. Uh, slow motion running. You should never have at the end of any movie. Capricorn One. You ever seen that? No. Slow motion running turned into a freeze frame and wow. ruined anything that might have been good about that movie. Capricorn One. I'm sorry. I'm going back to the 70s. But um, what Macy knew was many of the the the, the, the sum of its uh, good parts definitely outweighs that. Also a CGI tear that oh. they did for a little girl, which I can't stand. Oh, it's you awful. tell it was a CGI. I'm 95 percent sure. Anyways, what Macy knew, if you like some melodrama, you like some good dramatic uh, acting and, and well told, uh, story, good storytelling, what Macy knew is good. It's not a happy movie, but it was definitely engaging. I was very engaged. I did not want to leave that theater. I didn't even want it to end. Wow. What's going on with Macy? Beautiful uh, locations as well. Like from the beach to uh, inner city, it's good stuff. Hmm. All right, this one, uh, the next movie I saw, Brian, it's tough for me to have this number two because it was so goddamn good. I've actually seen it twice now since wow. I saw you last. It's showing on Showtime right now. Uh, you can send away on Fuckflex for it. Uh, it's a documentary about the one, the only Richard Pryor. Oh. Richard Pryor, Omit the Logic. And uh, it's the kind of documentary you yes, want to see about a person. subject of a documentary. kind of documentary you want to see after the person's dead so it can be honest, it can be truthful, and it doesn't have to be flattering. There's a lot of documentaries that are made that are very flattering. You love that one on, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Joan yeah. Rivers? Yeah, you love it. It's good, but I feel like there's more dirt there. Okay. And they're not going to tell it sure. because she's involved. she was involved okay, in the story. Okay, that's what you're saying, yeah. This one, when there's someone's dead, there's perspective, right? And there you, you, you can get the tell full, tales you couldn't tell full story. And uh, Richard Pryor, not not a fantastic human being a lot of the time. As one of uh, his collaborators uh, said in the in the actual documentary, he had like 13 personalities. Mm. Nine of them were great. Those other four, you don't want to ever deal with at all. Wow. But it goes. It's really, really well told, really, really well made. Wow. Uh, made by Marina Zenovich, who also made two Roman Polanski uh, documentaries. Obsessed with uh, Roman Polanski. Actually saw the 2008 Roman Polanski wanted and desired documentary in the theaters uh, when she made she made that one a few years ago. But this Richard Pryor uh, documentary, O Mythologic, uh, is riveting. Wow, oh, it's amazing, and I can't believe that it's not the best movie I've seen since I last saw it. It touches on his death too, obviously. Oh yeah, he died. Now did he die of MS or did he die from complications? Safe, safe. No. <laughs> <laughs> and now he just died of uh, they don't, it doesn't really get that harsh into his death but, but he, no, died, he died young yeah it, it got into the end of his life where he had the MS and he's holding a lighter all the time sure. his fist was clamping up uh, and it, it was sad and it made me feel exceptionally white and uh, almost ashamed because they were talking poorly about like you know kind of later in his career uh, the movies that he was making like The Toy which I grew up yeah, with yeah. and Superman 3 Superman which 3, I yeah, still love right. and they just kind of brushed over them real quick like they were sellout movies that he did for white people that were awful and it made me I mean I love Stir Crazy I grew up on that one as well uh, and Silver Streak but uh, and then Blue Collar which we talked about uh, a while ago as best actors in, in, in um, dramatic roles God Blue Collar mm-hmm. is so good Paul Schrader but anyways Schroeder Schrader if you love, uh, if you like Richard Pryor, if if you have questions about Richard Pryor, this answers a lot of them. A lot is packed into this ninety minute documentary. Mm. It goes over a lot of stuff, there and it's go. funny and and um, horror, harrowing it twice? as well. Yeah, I saw it twice. Wow! Yeah. All right, the best movie I saw, and this is something I could look back on maybe in a year or two and be like, really, I, I put that ahead. But <laughs> honestly, the most fun I've had in a theater this year by the far internship. is uh, this is the end. 
Yeah. This is the end. I believe it's in a theater near you when you this gets released. Yes. Okay. I was going to say it came out today. This is the end. Uh, first movie, too, that I'm seeing uh, that was on my summer, most anticipated summer oh. uh, movie list. And it paid off, Bri Bri. Oh, it was hilarious. Oh, it was a good time. Uh, I am a sucker, Bri Bri. I think I have some notes. I am, I'm a sucker for a couple things, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Here we go. I'll, say, I'll tell you what, what worked on this so much, so well. What the hell? Cigarettes. Cigarettes. I'm going to suck. No, this is a, bad um, things happening to good people. People trapped in like real uh, and and uh, also people playing their real uh, life personas. Mm. Coming, no, okay. People that are trapped in situations and they're actually who they are comes to the surface. You know what I mean? Okay. Like a, a, a room of like doctors and lawyers and firemen and cops and like maybe a Boy Scout all get trapped somewhere. Right. This is a hypothetical. Like you're going to see who's actually in charge. Like it's, sure. it's such a thin veneer we all live in, and all these people pretending and charades and charade, 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 Schroeder, Schrader. People like go to school and they become this thing, and then they can move up the ladder. I don't believe in a lot of that. Right. Like, you know, uh, um, when the chips are down, I, I think that who are, who are you really? I think so often is the case. The man that's in charge. I mean, I got a problem with authority, obviously, but I think a lot of the time, whoever's in charge in the room at the time, like in our little society here, wouldn't be in charge, like in Alive. Mm. Remember? I think it was the captain of the, of the soccer team in Alive that was the first pussy to start. Sure. Say the Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that is definitely explored in this, like who's going, you know, who's really, uh, who's what. And then also, um, I'm a total sucker for people playing terrible versions of themselves, like going back to uh, David Duchovny on the Larry Sanders show. Hilarious. Playing himself and playing like a weird, creepy guy that was like trying to have sex with Larry Sanders. Funny stuff. This movie has all of that as well as like awesome creatures. I'm not going to give anything away because this movie's brand spanking new. But um, I mean, we all know from the trailers and whatnot. Yeah. And a lot of the funniest stuff is in the trailers, but there's tons of funny, funny stuff that does not make it to the trailer. I'm, you know, it wasn't a perfect movie. There's a couple like drug sequences with the time lapse. It's supposed to be like, oh, funny. They're smoking weed, and sitting in front of a couch and doing in front of a TV doing nothing. It, that didn't do a lot for me. There's an ecstasy scene that's kind of like, all right, I get it. But there's a lot of very funny throwaway lines. I think this is going to be a classic. I think mm. this is one that people are going to be talking about. Kind of like The Hangover. I all like right. I like this I hope so. more than when The Hangover came out for sure. The first could one. this? There's always. One, oh fuck! It was funny, and maybe only one sometimes. Breakout comedy from the summer? Could this be it? I think it's got to be. Like last year, it was probably Ted, right? Yeah, this is absolutely was for me. Way more laughs than Bridesmaids two years ago. There's a couple, uh, like, you know, fifteen minutes. Uh, here, a couple different fifteen. It could have been probably twenty minutes shorter, mm. making it even, uh, just a little tighter. It's there's a couple. 15-minute stretches where there weren't that many laughs, but like the first 30 minutes, it was this, holy shit, this is hilarious. Michael Sarah's character is Michael Sarah is fucking awesome. Really, you know, a little cruder than it needed to be. Right. Like, I, I'm probably going to take my wife back to see, to see it, and I'm not sure she's going to, you know, enjoy it as much as I do, but I mean, look at the group of people that, you know, it's doing it. So, it's, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's Emma Watson, Paul Rudd, John Siegel, Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, Michael Sarah, Jay Baruchel, Baruchel? Baruchel. Baruchel. And uh, as, as well as some other cameos that I will not give away. Cool. Um, as well as, what's his name? I didn't even say there. Fucking Danny McBride. That's yes, right. Danny McBride. <laughs> Danny McBride. <laughs> it is very funny. Like I, It was like three hours after I saw it, and I was sitting on the couch talking to the wife, and I just kept laughing. She's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, I just thought about something else stupid that <laughs> happened in that movie. It was just a lot of very, very, you can tell they had such a great time making it, too. Good, I'm looking forward to that one. It's a good one. Hey, coming up next, top five coming of age movies. Anderson. 
Mm. People starting their Halloween shopping early? Holy shit. I don't know about that, but someone got a uh, blonde mullet wig adult Halloween costume accessory on Amazon this week. It leads off the uh, interesting and notable and sometimes bizarre purchases over on the old uh, Amazon, AndersonandBrian.com. The click-through link uh, support the show by just uh, clicking through whenever you got to do your Amazon shopping. Here's a list. Uh, yes, and continuing the theme, a life-size skull coming in two pieces. Someone got that. Apparently, uh, is that a real thing? It was only $27. Uh, someone got uh, some pre-shave oil from the Art of Shaving. Someone got a cervical rest pillow, so good luck resting your cervix. <laughs> someone got a uh, six-pack of whiskey glasses. Yeah, enjoy the whiskey. Brian, don't do the... Yeah, enjoy the whiskey. Someone got a Apple iPod Touch. Someone got a uh, clarinet. Yeah, enjoy the clarinet. Someone got a oh, movie posters. Let the right one in. Mm. Annie Hall. And uh, what is this thing here? Oh, Shallow Grave. There you go. Shallow Grave movie poster. Someone got a calligraphy lettering set. Someone's going to practice some calligraphy, well, some you? fancy writing. Someone got a, a pair of Ray-Bans. Of course, a master on ice cream. Body Glide original anti-chafe bomb. Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. San Francisco Giants uh, three by five foot flag. Enjoy that. Champs are here. Just say that whenever someone asks about the Giants. Champs are here. Uh, someone got a uh, Makita hammer driver. That's right. As well as a uh, lithium battery. So, Buying those, thirty-six pack of Trojan Magnums, and a uh, ten pack of Trojan Stimulations. So thanks for buying those. Uh, Roku, of course, got to watch string movies. Apple iPad Mini, Apple iPad with Retina display, and of course, uh, what is this here? Oh yes, a uh, uh, lighting studio, lighting kit for when you take pictures and stuff for eBay. You know what I mean? A little lighting kit for eBay, for anything, or for putting it on whatever. But Wait a minute, no chocolate and no no astronaut ice cream. I said, of course, astronaut uh, ice cream. I, I said that before. I said the. Uh, Chafing bomb. Much like the listener, I tuned out. Chafing yeah. bomb. Here are the movies that were bought since last week. Right, right. Twelve Angry Men, the Criterion Collection. Ooh. Oh, I wish I owned that. I'm not going to say. Thank a God beautiful, you retire that. Not going to say a beautiful mind. I will say Antichrist. Roger Ebert said, "If you want to see what it's like to watch a, a, a filmmaker lose his mind, watch Antichrist." Badlands Criterion Collection. That also could have been on the list today. Holy mm. shit! Coming of age. Coming of age. Crumb, the Criterion Collection. A lot of Criterion Collections. Crumb, good movie to own. Hard to get through at times, but good movie to own. Holy shit. Das Boot. Director's Cut. Entire nine-hour movie. <laughs> I was going to say enjoy. Honestly, five five hours plus. Enjoy devoting Saturday. Django Unchained. I don't know why I said it like that. Fight Club. Let's see. Gran Torino. Gran Torino. One of the only times you'll be able to watch a white man be racist on modern-day cinema, and I uh, think it's funny. Hmm. Gremlins 2, the new batch. I don't know how any of these. And Glorious Bastards. Won't say Lonesome Arabic. I don't agree with that being a great movie. Planet Earth, Blu ray. I watched the entire series with my now wife. And God damn it, Planet Earth is great. Holy shit, it's good. Repo Man, uh, cult classic. Very funny. Uh, great soundtrack, that Repo Man. Holy shit. Snatch. Uh, I'm not going to say Mel Brooks collection. Titanic. Unforgiven. Who Framed Roger Rabbit will not be yelled out Why, by it's me. It's a great movie. Uh, Wonder Boys, Zero Dark Thirty. A lot of uh, full range. Yeah, thank big, you guys big range of the movies, guys. Thanks for clicking through the link. We appreciate it. It uh, keeps us uh, going and it emboldens our spirits. Oh wait, wait, Stanley Kubrick collection. You didn't say that. How did I skip over that? Come on, buddy. What's Get wrong a grip. With me? Get a grip. Let's talk. Thanks for clicking through. Thanks for doing all that you do. Let's talk. And just as a uh, show, how much we appreciate it. Let's talk. Back to the show. Movies. <laughs> I'm Tim Allen, and you're listening to The Film Vault on AndersonandBrian.com. Yeah. Welcome back. I can get down with this. Flochi. 
That's the name of the artist? Band? Band. Flochi. I hope it's pronounced Flochi. I think it's Flocky. You think it's Flocky? Yeah, because look at the, his website at the bottom line. Uh, Flocky. F-L-O-C-C-I. You can see my confusion. Uh, Prepare for Crash Landing is the album. Flocky.bandcamp.com. Podcast. Oh, it's a podcast. Flockandfield.com. There you go. It's uh, like a Trojan horse. So they, they, they're a featured artist. They come in. Yeah. The featured artist. Actually, what they are is a, a podcast. I don't like that. Trying to get us to plug other people's podcasts. Well, I'll be doing that. Try again, Flocky. Fluky. Fluky. Anderson's You know what? This is the end. Maybe 10 minutes. Could I, I think 20 minutes. I, I, I'm, that's not being fair to the movie. It is packed with lots and lots of laughs. Lots of great moments. Maybe it could have been shaved down about 10 minutes. But whatever. I, you know, I would have, would have also uh, accepted an extra 10 minutes on it. Because I didn't want it to end. And it's rare that mm. I don't want a movie to end. Speaking about wanting it to end, uh, right Talking now. Talking about this, this is the end? No, no, no. The, the can audience, still clapping. Oh, yeah, still yeah. Still standing ovation. I honestly don't think you could actually clap for 22 minutes. I think your hands would go numb. Oh, they would. you lose circulation. I read that every time you clap your hands once, you kill 100,000 cells. Yeah, your hands would turn blue. You get gangrene. That freaked me out. As a child. They're still clapping. Well, they do this. The cons, they go. Everything's That's not much of a standing ovation. Golf clap. It's not standing ovation. Let's uh, let's do the top five coming of age. Top five coming of age. Anderson, coming of age movies, they're kind of like you know them when you see them, right? I mean, what's your criteria? It's got to have kids in it, right, right? All right. All right. Let's not get clever and have any mentally challenged adults Shit. or men children, man children, women children. Okay. All right. Uh, and it's definitely got a, a character has to realize something uh, that they didn't know. There has to be innocence lost or um, uh, regained, as is the case in a couple of my mm. uh, picks. I went a little bit dark. I know that's shocking to you, Bri Bri. No, I understand that. Uh, like the road. And you never know. The you Road's know. a uh, coming-of-age movie. It could be if, if it was done like the book, like Logan was saying, through right. the kid's eyes, but that was more through the dad's eyes. That's another thing. There's a lot of movies that have coming-of-age um, right. qualities, qualities to them, but it's not through the, the, the child's point of view. You Interesting. Know I mean? Like uh, Perfect World. Sorry, i got to make a correction of something I said about the book. It's not actually told from the kid's perspective, but it focuses on the kid. Mm-hmm. So it talks about how he's relying on his dad more than anything else. So it's uh, like omnipresent, right? It's yeah, I had to double check that. I had to go read the first page of the book. Smart. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Interesting. He didn't want to get any corrections or retractions for next week. Yeah. Joseph Campbell. All right. So uh, definitely some, something massive has, has to happen in this young person's life. Has to, there has to be pivotal moments. Uh, life lessons that they overcome. There's a lot of movies out there that are just dripping with... Um, what is it, Brian? Uh, dripping, way, way, way too cheesy and uh, sentimental. The sure. sentimentality just running away. And I looked at the list. You never know. We never know what we're going to get when we come up with with these topics. A lot mm-hmm. of times, it so- sounds like it's going to be a great topic and it yields little fruit. But this one, uh, I'm quite pleased. Very with fruitful the list. Yes. Well, a lot of also rans here. Interesting. The listener top five is, uh, yes, a, a difficult or painful transition to adulthood from adolescence is uh, is generally sort of the thing. Okay. You want to go first? Sure. All right. Ooh, mm-hmm. difficult transition. I don't think any of mine uh, have ever made a top five. Oh, speaking of which, uh, yes, shockingly, a couple of three of mine have never been on a top five. And uh, actually, no, excuse me, four out of my five have never been on a top five. Let's talk about the movies that are on the list. Let's talk about the list more before we talk about the movies. Mm-hmm. Number five for me. Mm. Uh, the youngest, Made the, noise. the youngest actor. Sorry, it's the chemo. The youngest actor on the list for me. The youngest actor on the list of coming of age actors characters is from The Road to Perdition from 2002, directed by Sam Mendes. His follow up to American Beauty. Mm. Um, oh shit! I forgot to write down the kid's name. That's it's all right. No one cares. 
Wow. I can look it up for you while, while yeah, you talk yeah, about it. it. Tom Hanks is an enforcer for the for organized crime for Paul Newman. He kills people for a living. And uh, one day, his two boys, one younger, one older, uh, witness him uh, carrying out an execution. Uh, Paul Newman then has one of the kids and the wife killed and by the way paul newman to this kid he's like the uncle he's like he's like the godfather of the clan he's the guy who takes care of everybody he's where the money comes from he's the kindly old uncle the grandfather figure and uh, now he's turned on him and he's got him uh, running for his life and tom cruise takes his only remaining family member his youngest son and oldest son and they uh, hit the road and uh, it's a coming of age story about they hit the road to where hit the road to perdition and they fly they actually go to chicago i think they they finally um bond they finally get to know each other and the kid learns some painful lessons about life such as uh the one who you think is going to protect you is uh, sometimes the one who's going to hurt you the most i.e the uh paul newman character are, are you giving things left and right away because i don't remember no that's the, that's the that's the premise of the movie with a third of the way through the movie you you find out that uh, paul newman wasn't dead you know it's didn't even go on one the third of the way okay all right that's questionable Do but okay i don't i want to i want to recommend this movie i really? remember it being a huge letdown here's what i remember oh, most it's a about beautiful movie because it, so it was right on the heels of uh, american beauty which you know completely smacked me around like a little like a, like a little bitch and i was like this is my favorite new director he's going to make gold after gold oh sam mendes yeah oh, sorry uh, the conrad hall the cinematographer uh, won the um i believe it was posthumously won the the award for best cinematography at the oscar anyways point is uh, he did not make gold with this as far as i was concerned i was not uh, really impressed i remember being finding it very slow and dull and uh looking back i remember tom hanks showing up to the oscars the year before or right before it came out with that no, while they were shooting it so little it was the year before with a weird mustache and everyone thinking what the hell kind of a role is he going to be in that's all i really remember uh, of the movie I might, I might make you go back and see this mm, you shouldn't do that Paul Newman by the way this is going to be a theme Anderson on my list that I just that I discovered from uh, doing these for some reason the the accolades for, for acting awards go to the surrounding cast and not to the actual actor who went through the uh, the coming of age Paul Newman nominated for an Oscar for this movie this is funny okay uh, remember that movie that you tore up last week the, the War which I have not got to but I will The War oh The War is terrible yeah Avnet all right, uh, Netflix, fuck flicks, ha! <laughs> fuck flicks predicts that I uh, I like uh, the war more than Road to Perdition. I'll, I please please see the war, please. Oh, no, fuck flicks knows me. Now I want you to fuck flicks knows me so well. She well, knows my secrets. She knows all my secrets. The war. Oh, I'm gonna see the war. I I can't. I couldn't tell you anything about Road to Perdition. I don't remember it. I remember being dullified. Really? Boring. Dull. Yeah, yeah. I don't find it boring. I remember it being a very well crafted movie, like, like like a nice painting that I wouldn't want on my wall. I thought it was a very sweet movie, and the ending I thought was fantastic. <sighs> very poetic. Average uh, three point seven on the old fuck. All right, number five for me. This could easily be my number one, but I don't like being abused by the listeners, nor by you, for being a hipster. So I did not put it on my number one. Put it on my number five. Mm-hmm. It is a nineteen forty six movie, Brian. It has sound, all right. Hipster. It's after jazz singer, so there's sound there. Uh, it's an Italian film, though, so it is. Oh, <laughs> it is. Uh, you have to read this fucking black and white. Yeah, movie? I might make you watch oh, this. Boy. It's so sweet. It's so so if beautiful. There's about a red balloon out. Uh, the Italian name of it, Brian, is Schiuscia, Schiuscia, Schiuscia. Uh, I'm just gonna call it <laughs> Shoeshine. Ugly. I'm gonna call it Shoeshine, Bri Bri. Uh, Orson Welles' favorite director was the uh, director of Shoeshine, Vittorio De Sica, who also made Bicycle Thief, which I believe I put on a list. Yes, you so, have talked about. I love Bicycle Thief. You should talk to your old roommate who loves his Italian yeah, movies. Yeah, he probably, I bet probably he loves owns both it. Of these movies. Orson Welles also said that uh, the Shoeshine was his favorite movie, 
when he wasn't saying that uh, Ford was his favorite director and Stagecoach was his favorite. He used to intertwine them, I guess, I guess intersperse. He would, he would go back and forth sure. on those two. But uh, the story is about two young boys who it opens up. It's a little slow. Okay? It's on instant. So if, you, if you're interested at all, I, I don't steer you wrong. I don't bring up old movies from the past, the classics, unless they're worth it. Like M is one that I go back to often. Uh, this is one that I – Bicycle Thief is another. Shoeshine, I don't know if I've, I've had it on Also Ran or what, but uh, it's it's not that long. It's like I think a little under an hour and a half, maybe right at an hour and a half. And it takes about 10 minutes to get going. But here's – the story. It's two little boys who are shoe shiners. They're kind of like street urchins in post World War II uh, Italy, and all they want to do is buy a horse. And it opens up. Oh boy! Oh boy! We're gonna get that horse, but they're a little short on money. They come up with a job. They're not sure what the job is, but they take the job. Turns out, um, job is not uh, on the up and up, right? mm. and they kind of almost get framed. It's like it's like a definitely got a mafia twinge to it. Some they get thrown. They get thrown in the juvenile halls right after they bought their horse too, and then they get caught right afterwards. So they have their horse, the glorious day of the horse then they get uh, sho- shoveled off to uh to juvenile hall and the rest of the movie takes place for the most part in those confines and uh what happens to their relationship these two kids and how they get separated and i remember the uh, i had it on in the background when i was doing my research so like i because i saw it years ago but i saw it again you know i'd look up and i'd hear certain things and just watching these little italian kids act like the grown adults that we see like in goodfellas and godfathers is fucking priceless and it's in, on, on huh. its own you know what i mean yeah because they're all doing the thing with the hand the sign language and what are genuine. you doing and they're such such great performances these little kids you buy in immediately and your 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 heart is breaking for one and oh it's good stuff huh. i think it made a might have made a mention back on top five prison films as an also rent shoe shine did you find this list any harder to do after last week's episode where we retired films i want to say harder to do i i made a point to uh definitely i could have made an entire top five movies out of movies that have been on previous lists sorry to interrupt but your applause is done oh, oh we can sit down it just ended Thank you, Con, for Fine. applauding me for 22 minutes. My legs are burning. You can all go uh, get your hands checked by the local doctor. Wow. Did you count the uh, commercial in there, too? That little spot? No, I paused for the commercial. Oh, so Maybe so five fun. minutes ago, it, right. it was over. Jesus Christ. Thanks, Logie. Above and beyond, my friend. What a hero. So, yes, shoe shine. Write that one down, guys, if you like good quality uh, stories. It's, it's definitely a very well-made little movie. Hmm. Beautiful. Number four Love for me, it. Manchurian Candidate. No. Number four for me wow. is a, um, you know, some people might look at it as a lightweight choice, and I considered leaving it off because, as you probably discovered, and as I certainly did, many great coming-of-age movies that, that could have gone on the list. We, we could do this list again someday, uh, but there are many worthy candidates. And I wanted to leave number four off the list, but I thought, no, this absolutely counts. And uh, this character's coming of age, what he goes through, and how he gets there. Who is the character, and what is the movie? His name is Daniel LaRusso. From The Karate Kid. 1984, The Karate Kid. Directed by John G. Adelson, who directed Rocky. Played by Ralph Macchio, that is uh, Daniel LaRusso. And uh, Pat Morita is Mr. Miyagi, the guy who uh, ushers him from... uh, Is this on your list? No, I would not. I no. wouldn't. I, no, it's a good stoop. one, though. It's a, I wouldn't stoop. You're right. Yeah. Thank God, Brian. We're back to our roots. You're picking Karate Kid. I got shoe shine. Let's keep going. I like this. This is how our show yeah. works. This is how it was supposed this to be. Counts. You know, acknowledge that this is absolutely as a, coming a coming of age, of age movie. He moves I, it's more of a karate movie than a coming of age movie, yeah. but. No, actually, you know what? That's not even true. The karate, the karate, the karate could it's actually his, be method. in there. It's his method for coming of age. That could be just, you know, that's, yeah, that's his vehicle to 
come of age. Yeah, and it's the training and the discipline he gets from mm-hmm. the karate instruction from Mr. Miyagi that gets him across that uh, difficult period in his adolescence. He moves from New Jersey with his mom. I don't think the dad's ever mentioned. If he is, it's very briefly. Uh, he moves across the country to L.A. Uh, or Southern California, and uh, the mom... You Everyone know, knows Karate Kid, all right? Well, my point is, he, he's a kid who's lost. Yeah. He has lost. He has no father figure. Uh, he, he has no friend at school. He's getting beat mm-hmm. up by the local thugs, the karate thugs. But he finds a new father but figure. He finds a new father figure who mm-hmm. ushers him through uh, this difficult period. With a chopstick. He comes of age. A pair of chopsticks. Pair, this he, is the equivalent of you like you putting, uh, what, what is that, a sea biscuit on your list. Yeah. Coming of age? Why not? The horse comes of age? No, Toby McGuire. Oh, stop that. Cause he like does. An, he's an adult. That's okay, anyway. Okay, he's anyway. forever a child. In my <laughs> That's a good point. You see him? Karate, just, karate Kid is up. He's not aged at all. Was, was his face uh, digitally re-youngified in, uh, in Great Gatsby? The kid is not aged. It's interesting. Can oh, I tell okay. you I dislike him? Great. Don't, don't like him. not a big Toby fan. At the uh, interview when he walked out. You did not tell me that, I don't think. Well, I think I did. Oh. It was way back when I was uh, at a, a junket for uh, Pleasantville, of all things. I oh. think it was Pleasantville. Ugh. He Pleasant walked film. out. And uh, yeah, so well, Pleasantville is not a bad movie. That was not, not coming We've had this conversation numerous times, but yeah, not a good movie. Look at the apples now red. You know By what this means? Continu- Freedom. Continuing the theme of the actors around the coming of age star getting the accolades, Pat Morita nominated for an Oscar that year. That fantastic. Do you want to hear the, uh, the Tobey yeah, Tobe Maguire story? I liked him up until this point, too. Mm. Actually, no, it was Ride for the Devil. Ride with the Devil. Okay. That's the docu- that was the that was the movie that yes, I was. Yes, we talk about that because I get that confused with Ang, with Ang Lee's uh, Cold Mountain. Ride with the Devil, uh, and he was uh, one of the one of the junket tears. One of the one of the interviewers asked him what he thought of the Monica Lewinsky scandal going on with uh, Bill Clinton, and he was kind of going to answer, and he was kind of like he wasn't sure how to answer it. And then his little handler, his little press PR person, was behind him, and the P- and the, this is a small little room. There's like five of us sitting there, and sure. him and his PR person, m- almost everyone that came in. Uh, would never have their own PR person with them. Their PR person would be out floating around sure. letting them know how much longer they have because they'd go from room to room, but not sitting behind him. And he was about to say something, and this PR person says, you know, and he goes, yeah, I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm here to talk about the movie. Is and, he a Scientologist or something? I don't know. And then the, uh, the, the guy that asked him the question had huge balls because he said, really? It's interesting. Okay, let me ask you this question. How does it feel to be a grown man and uh, not be able to answer questions that are asked <laughs> to you? That's good. Yeah, yeah. And, and Toby's like, uh, I have no interest in uh, continuing with this line of questions. I think it's out of line and uh, I am leaving. And he does, got up and stormed out. Does it feel like Toby McGuire is something to hide? Like, some... like, like maybe his has talent or something and he's not showing us? Oh, like he hasn't revealed it yet? No, I mean, like it's uh, all. This <laughs> fucking multi-millionaire. What I'm saying is, uh, the, the PR thing kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's like, well, Toby, feel free to speak extemporaneously about these things. Mm-hmm. Of course. That's why I don't like him. I, you know, I liked him before that from, uh, believe it or not, from... Uh, no, not Pleasantville, from... Uh, Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing, yeah. yeah. The Hitchhiker. All right, number four for you. Number four for me. Um, okay, a New York-born... Um, director named michael cuesta um who's he works on mainly tv now six feet under uh dexter but he made a movie called long island express back in 2001 paul dano i think i've uh discussed this one a couple Mm. times uh definitely coming of age movie i don't think it's as, as accessible um as uh, some other coming of age movies, and that's why it's not on my list. Brian. I never felt it, motivated to see this. It's it's a little hard to watch. Beautiful movie, but a little uncomfortable at times. And it, it, it goes in some dark. It was the first time I'd ever seen Paul Dan- ben, Paul Dano. Point at eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a solid movie. Uh, but the same director, a couple years later, two thousand five. That was two thousand one. Two thousand five. He made a movie 
What's funny? What, what did you think of that, that you think is hilarious? <laughs> well, I thought of, you have something to share with us, Mr. Bishop? I'm so sorry. Uh, I, was at a, I was at a live show uh, tonight for the Corolla show, and um, girls introduced to me as a huge fan of the show. Uh, she she is very loud. Uh, people talking uh, and drinking and eating and everything. And she she speaks in a very very meek voice. I like the film vault too. I love the film vault. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. But I could barely hear. <laughs> I think it was Kristen. Kristen, I, fuck, I'm gonna fuck that up. But thank you for listening, Kristen. I just thought of it. I just thought of how I could barely hear. I love the film vault. You know what I would like to do <laughs> next week? Let's switch places. What's that? So that you can be online when I talk about my movies. Oh, I can be quiet? Yeah. You can just kind of be off in your own world and not just over there laughing to yourself about some unnamed woman who's whispering the film vault at, at some event that I'm not familiar with. <laughs> whispering the <laughs> Can you lean in, please? I have a speaker. Number four for me. This is on LA. instant as well. Not LIE. That's why you got to pay attention here, fucker. What? I just explained the, 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 how we're getting to LIE uh, from LIE. Same director who's uh, obviously, same writer director, Bri Bri. I feel sick. This movie is called 12 and Holding. 12 and holding write it down it's a very good little movie saw it in the theaters uh 2005 wow uh it's i was so happy i I kind of helped me pick my list too to see what was streaming what was most accessible uh and movies that are worth watching this one is called 12 and holding the number 12 it's on instant on fuck flicks and uh it is definitely a uh um a coming of age story told in three parts brian Three different uh, perspectives here. One is a little chunky boy mm. who's got a fat family who's always trying to shove food down his throat. Oh, uh, one young bald Brian is a young Asian girl with a white uh, mother who is a psychologist who uh, is uh, in love with a much older man. That older man is Jeremy Renner, Ooh. who has seen her mother for uh, for psychotherapy sessions because he's got some PTSD going on. And uh, this little, little they're all like 11, 12 years old. And the main character is a little boy. Don't have his name because names are not important. That's why I like the road. Names are not. Names are overrated. Sure. You know what I mean, buddy? Because if you had said it about the road, said the man and the boy, you would have been right. <laughs> yeah. The main kid, uh, it's he's a twin. And I don't even want to say anything more than that. This is a great story. Great little movie. Uh, when I say great, I'm using that loosely. The storytelling is, is great. Uh, the movie feels very, very after school, especially at the times. Um, I, I played part of this as well. And my wife was not having it. She's like, what is this? It's garbage. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's actually a really good story. You has got to give it time. You can let it grow on you. She goes, no, it's, it, it's awful. Turn it off. <laughs> she wouldn't let me watch it. But I remember having the same feeling. Like, how is this the same director that made LIE? It is very, it feels very cheap and very after school. And it is obviously a, a low budget. But uh, Renner is really good. The kids are great. And uh, every now and again, it just punches you in the gut. And it's rated R. And it doesn't feel like it until you get like halfway through and you're like, oh. But some, it, it, it touches on some really, really heavy stuff. And it sticks with you. I mean, it's been in my head for almost 10 years now. And I think about these characters. And L.I.E. This, no, Brian. 12 and holding. I'm fucking around with you. And it's on Jeremy Instagram. Renner, this is, before, this is pre-Hurt Locker. This is like 2004. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is like right after, uh, soon after Dahmer. I yeah. Think. Well, Dahmer might have been like 90. I don't know. But yeah, he was still uh, kind of a, an unknown at the time. He was great in it. Uh, it just really had a, like it wasn't shot well. It just, it it looked and felt like a student film at mm. times, which... If you get past that, it's a really good little story. Huh. Good stories. And uh, definitely coming of age on on every level, yeah. on every part. And uh, it gets it gets uncomfortable. Did I feel like I was I was poking fun at Kristen? I didn't mean to do that at all. I meant to point that I was loud and she was quiet. There's a lot of uh, juvenile... I felt bad about that. 
Don't worry about Kristen. She no, doesn't she's listen. a loyal listener. She's a loyal. She's been listening to the first episode. But my point is, I feel like I, was, I came off like I was making fun of her. I was only point to point out the, the dichotomy of you being. You should have told her to listen to the, the after disaster. So, listen, twelve and under. I I recommend this movie. It's it's good. It's a good movie. All right, you hear me? It's number four on my list. Should have probably been number five. L.I. Honestly. But uh, I couldn't have Shushan any higher because it's 1946. <laughs> I don't want to hear shit. Shushan's so good. The though. hipster rep. I like Bicycle Thief more. Good snuff. Number three for me. I enjoy 12 and Holding more than L.I.E. And I really like L.I.E. Much like my first two movies, not uh, n- never on a top five list before, even though as a movie I wrote down here, maybe the first film I ever felt really touched by as a kid. I saw this when I was a young man, and it touched me. I felt the pain of the main character in Mask. Ooh. Directed by a guy you don't like, Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, Mask from 1985, starring Eric Stoltz and Cher, who was billed as the lead, which is very strange. Uh, Sam Elliott, also in this movie. Um, like I said, maybe the first film that ever really touched a young, uh, like I said, balding Brian. When you say touched, Brian, what do you, what do you I mean? I felt, uh, it really affected me the way, so the coming of age is, this, you know, uh, Eric Stoltz plays Rocky mm-hmm. Dennis, who's a kid who has, oh, I wrote it down, I wrote it down, he has craniophysial craniophysial dysplasia. He has a fucked up face. Uh, right. His, no, his, his um, right. calcium deposits in his face that is figurous Rocky. face. He has a big, big uh, moon face. And uh, yes, he on top of that, he has horrible red Have hair. Have you seen this recently? <laughs> Ten years ago? Yeah, I, I would love to see this again because I love this movie. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wonder if people would make fun of us for liking it. No, now. really? I wonder I how it's aged. I have no idea. Actually, I get a I get a sense that it was pro- it's probably very sentimental and melodramatic. However, Peter Bogdanovich has been making movies, good movies, whether you like them or not, for many many years. So hopefully, it was beyond the let's do something sort of cool for the time, and make sort of a timeless kind of movie. I, I don't know. I'd like to see it again. Actually, it's sort of uh, is it streaming? See how it holds it up. Oh, it's good. It's good call. It's not streaming or not. But no. the reason it touched me, Anderson, Jim Carrey, right? Yes, yeah, right. That's right. A dog's on your balls. What? Of the mask? No. That's right. And dogs on your balls. Strange, strange poster, right? Oh, like that's like I think that's what the movie's like. Mm. I'm afraid of the movie. I, it's a great story, and you feel for the kid, and he meets the blind girl, and it's touching and that's beautiful. That's the part that really, really affected me as a kid. Was like this kid who has been ostracized, or he's been ostracized, but despite that, has worked so hard to be accepted his whole life. Like he, some people really sweet, accept sweet him. kid. A couple people really accept him. He's a normal kid to them, and for all intents and purposes, he is. He's had this horrible disfigurement, but he goes to work at this camp for the blind, right? And he meets this blind girl, and uh, they kind of fall in love. It's, right, it's like, in teenage love. What? 1985. Yeah. Think about the movies that were being made right in the middle of the Transformers 80s. the movie. When I talk to you about that, we're, t- we're doing a list now. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be We're doing a list, so you're getting dangerously close. <laughs> Listen, Listen, 1985 was filled with just awful trash. Either it was really good, like it was uh, Platoon, huh, okay, mm-hmm. or Back to the Future, you know, that kind of thing, okay. or it was um, some really, really cheesy movie making. Cobra. Oh, oh I love Cobra, though. Over the top. Cobra. But yeah. That I, said... We should watch this again together. But then, when, when what happens after he he when he meets the girl's parents? What happens from then on is just it's just soul crushing. It's a real coming of age. It is coming of lesson age lesson for all of us. I don't know it's... if I think about coming of age when I think of masks. Though I'm definitely thinking of uh, you know Pete uh, the, the, the frying pan face. The frying pan. Well, it kind of looks like a giant frying. Pan. Oh yeah, big moon face. Yeah, yeah. That's what you think of. You're thinking of disfigurements and uh, you know overcoming physical challenges yeah, it's and coming of age. Sorry. Yeah, but I guess you're right. Yeah. Anyway, mask. I like the movie. I like to see it again. You're right. We should watch that together. 
Fuck mask. I get the feeling that somebody like traction. Logan's Logan's age would make fun of us for liking this movie. I don't know. I feel like Logan making a lot of it. Logan, you ever seen Mask? No, but just based on the poster, it doesn't look like something I would enjoy. No, the, poster yeah, the poster is, is good. Plus, Cher doesn't know. help. Uh, Cher's about as good as she gets. Sam Elliott's good. And Eric Stoltz is great. Sam Elliott's uh, talking about how the bar will eat you, right? Ordering sarsaparilla throughout this movie. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm 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 still um, reeling from my terrible impersonation I did of Jim Carrey and uh, Mas, uh, Mask the uh, Hit Hit Girl or Kick Ass Two. It's gonna be good. That's right. The dogs on come, your balls. When does it come out? Ah, uh, soon. Number three for me. This is a movie, Brian, that I did not see until just recently. Really? And uh, I'm ashamed to admit that uh, I kept seeing the posters for it. And I wanted to see it, but then I'm like, eh, I'll get to it. When's it from? And I think I flick fested on this here program, sitting in this here seat like what? a year ago. Wow. 2007, Brian. Written and directed by a guy named Garth Jennings. He's a uh, Brit. I don't like it. Son of Rambo. Have Son you seen the Rambo. Son of Rambo? <laughs> no, no, I don't remember you flipping this. Oh, I flipped fast. Oh, I flipped fast. Um, beautiful, wonderful, cute little story. It's okay. uh, here's here's the story. Here's a, it in a nutshell, and I'll uh, let you. I don't want to. I, I don't want to say too much about this movie. I was glad I didn't know a whole lot of them. The poster, um, not not streaming. You got to send away for it. Those of you who already seen it, I bet you anything that you're you're, you're happy to hear someone talk about it because it's a great movie. It's mm. it's a little kid who's very very sheltered, extremely religious family. It's it's foreign. I believe it's, it's, it's English. I believe it's British. Yeah. Uh, not allowed to watch television at all to the point, Brian, that he's in school. He's in grade school. He's like in fifth, seventh grade or something. And, uh, you know, they, they bring in the uh, projector. He's got to get up and go out in the hall. Wow. He's not allowed to watch it. Like his parents let it be known to the teachers and then the principal. They he's, forbid it. He's not to see moving pictures. It's against our religion. So he goes out in the hall. While he's in the hall, he meets the, 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 the school's bully, this horrible, horrible kid named Will. Or I, I, I think that the real life, there was some kind of confusion. I remember watching all the extras and stuff in this movie, too. Uh, Son of Rambo. You would love this movie. Okay. You should see this. All right, yeah. uh, so he... Ends up forging a relationship, of course, with this, this horrible school bully. They couldn't be more op- opposites. It's also, this movie works like on a buddy film relationship. And uh, the two of them, one thing leads to another. He becomes familiar with uh, Rambo's first blood, the first Rambo. Sure. And uh, the two of them get their hands on a camera and uh, try and re- reenact and make the movie on their own. Wow. He's never seen TV. Yes, I do remember this now. Yeah, yeah I remember this And the, the two kids go about making... Their own version of Rambo. Wow. And it's sweet. It's a bit scary at times. It, it, you get a little bit worried and concerned with some of the stunts and things that are happening. You're waiting for it to take that dark turn. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. It's, a, it's just a, a great much little like, movie. Much like The Mighty, this is a, sort of a theme for you. The the, the big brute. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Pretty much everything I write has something to do with that as well. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I'm both in one. That's why. Son of Rambo. Yeah. Is it streaming? Duality of man. To stream? I opened up with uh, it's not streaming, oh, unfortunately. It's not streaming. Sorry. Very upsetting that it's not. I would love it to be. It was at one point, I think. Well, maybe we'll be again someday. Logan, you see that Son of Rambo? They misspelled Rambo, too, and they left it that way. Nice. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. Yeah, it's a good movie, right? I haven't seen it for a long time, though. I have to revisit it. Coming Wait, of age. They left it in the title, you mean? Uh, something to do with, like... I'm sure it's legal. I'm sure they... Because it's a copyrighted character. I don't think so. I think there's more to it. I think that like the kids misspelled it, hmm. and then they left that as the title. There's something more to it. Hmm. I watched all the featurettes and everything. I I I really, I really worked over this uh, DVD. I remember when I got it in the mail. I really, yeah, you know, some you're just like, all right, I've seen the movie, great, and you put it back in the envelope. Right. Others you want to explore. Wanna, yeah, you want to dig deep. Yeah. I'm thinking of all these was... horrible sexual innuendos that I will not talk about. But I mean, that's where my mind's going, unfortunately. 
I find David Fincher's movies hold up very well mm-hmm. to digging deep in the DVDs. It's always something about the production and the, the commentary. I had that seven awesome, uh, fantastic DVD, the double, the double, mm-hmm. with the broken fingers yep. on the discs. That's right. I've seen my that. little, uh, my little sister stole it. She's doing lines right off of it. The Eggerbaum just... one? No, the other. One. <laughs> broken finger pictures are really upsetting. I'll bet, especially when you're doing coke. <laughs> Coming up next, conclusion. Top five coming to basements. Do you make music? Do you make tunes? Do you make noise on an instrument? The band's gonna make it. Yeah, let's let's hear it. Send it over to us. We want to put it on the show. And uh, if you or someone you know, if you or someone you know makes music, we'll send it feature, over to uh, AndersonandBrian.com. We'll feature your ass. Yeah, we will. And uh, listen, many, many. Many, most, I would say, most of our future artists have gone on fame and fortune and great success. Brian, let's not, let's not be uh, glib. But you know what? Literally thousands of ears will be on your band. Yeah. Thousands. Think about that. So uh, send over your stuff. But yeah, send over your music and then uh, have your mom listen to the film vault so you, she can hear your music. Done and done. <laughs> mom, here's the bad news. <laughs> you got to listen to these two fucks uh, talk about movies with horrible language. They, he probably wouldn't say fucks. Yeah. But uh, you get to hear my band played. Talked about briefly. Andersonandbrian.com. Send us your music and back to the show. Yeah. Thanks, Flocky. I'm going to go with Flocky. Thanks, Flocky, for the uh, tunes. Prepare for Crash Landing is the name of the album. It's out now. Ban- oh, Flocky.bandcamp.com. And uh, check them out at Flockandfield.com or Andersonandbrian.com. Either way. Get your flocky fill. Anderson at Brian.com. Anderson, you ready for a top two? Of course. Will you please stop looking at Heaven and Earth or whatever that's called? <laughs> Here on Earth. Here on Earth. It's a movie I did a junket for years ago with, really? uh, with uh, Chris Klein. Real boy, Lili, Chris Klein. Lili Sobieski. That's the one that I wear. I, wear. I made Lili Sobieski uh, uh, cry yep. in that junket. Huh? And, I, and I made Chris Klein give me that line where he broke the fourth wall. Oh, what's that line Our from? Our news. Maybe I'd be dead. What's that line from? From election. Don't say it! <laughs> Election. Coming of age. Band. Coming of age movie. Band. Too bad I can't the lesbian sister. Too bad I can't go on the list. Game of age. Too bad I can't go on the Didn't they say Juniper or something? Yeah, I believe that's Donovan. Is that Donovan? Could be. Let's do this. Top two coming of age movies. Um, my top two, I will go to bat for. I will go to war for, Brian. I love I love my top two. Uh, my number two, been on a list at least once before. Number uh, one, come on, Brian. shockingly, never made a list. Mm-hmm. Number two was on the list for top five soundtracks. It's a classic coming-of-age story. I won't spend too much time on it because I think it's an obvious choice. But American Graffiti from 1973 is uh, one of the most iconic uh, coming-of-age movies when Michael Mike Catherwood of, uh, of uh, Loveline, of friend, friend, friend of the show, friend of the show, uh, grabbed my lady, as he does almost every episode. He comes in at the, at the end of his show, beginning of our show, says, what's on the list today? I hand him my list. He goes, uh, oh, yeah, number two. Oh, yeah, right there. I'm with you. He lays all about America. He has terrible taste in movies and seen very few. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Just kidding, Mikey. Just kidding. He listens. Sorry, buddy. Uh, what the fuck? What did he have me watch? He had me watch something that I really liked, and I was thankful. And then it's been downhill from there. And he only, he always says every single movie I have you watch, you love. I'm like, ah, there's one, one. This whole thing takes place in one night. The characters seem to come a long way uh, in an awful short amount of time. Uh, decisions on whether to attend college or stay in the small town uh, seem to be made in just one night. Nominated for five Oscars. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a good movie. 
It's cute. I love it's, it. It's 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 uh, first of its kind. It's one of a kind. I think if I was pressed to tell the total truth, the best thing that came out of American Graffiti was it gave birth to happiness. I think that's the, my favorite oh, thing about that movie. Oh, that's a stretch. No, no, no. It, it, Happy Days doesn't exist without uh, American Graffiti. I mean, you might be right, but absolutely correct. Very, Mr. C is not in my brain. They were very different tonally. Yeah, well, totally. yeah, you had to do weekly, and they had the wrong Howard, track. Ron Howard connection. But there's, uh, yeah. All right, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But we'll, we'll never know. A little disjointed. I think if you grew up in that time, I bet like if you're like 80 years old right now, Ron ha- or Ron Howard age, Wolfman Jack. what is that, like 65 probably, 70? You're a baby boomer. Well, the movie you was go made... back and you watch that, and tears immediately uh, develop in your eyes. The I movie was set in 62. Where were you in 62 was, was the tagline. I was uh, Gleam. Gleam. Father's Why. Gleam. Father's Why. Mm-hmm. That's it. Number two Number for three. me, brother. Don't spend a lot of time on it. You remember that movie that uh, I talk about a lot called Bully? Yeah. Almost got banned, I think, last week. Banned Bully. Larry Clark, mm. based on a true story. Um, in talking about that movie, <coughs> usually I will bring up another one that's much easier to, uh, much more palatable and uh, very similar in tone, but not as dark and not nearly as fucked up as Bully. Bully is like, it's a hard, hard R if it's not an NC-17. Uh, mean Creek is a movie starring Rory Culkin, if that gives you an idea of just mm. how accessible this movie is. It's a good Culkin. Uh, scant 89 minutes, not streaming right now, unfortunately, but I'm talking about Mean Creek, 90% on uh, the old Rotten Tomatoes over there, uh, written and directed by Jacob Aaron Estes, which uh, he has not really done a whole lot since or before, so I, that doesn't really lend itself mean to Creek. anymore. Uh, discussion here, not based on a true story, mean but based Creek? on some, Mean Creek, but based on something that a uh, very, uh, very real and plausible event and very, very simple in its tone. Uh, a kid is getting bullied. Rory Culkin is getting bullied by the uh, the school bully at, at school uh, for, if I believe, if I could, something to do with a camera. He moved. The bully was like playing basketball and he had his camera on a tripod or set up to because he was recording himself play basketball and Rory Culkin moved it and uh, there was a confrontation Rory Culkin's older brother comes in and figures hears about it and uh, they set up he and his friends and the older brother set the bully kid up to to, to deal with it Brian and it goes wrong it goes bad it goes dark and the movie is dark they're still plotting a can by the way no they're not they stopped a while ago shit there might be one old man like his wife hasn't (laughs) let him know like those people in World Blind. War II, they're still hiding in the <laughs> hiding in the woods. That's right. Listen, uh, Mean Creek. Mean this Creek. is a this is a movie that uh, I don't know why more people um, don't stand and applaud for this movie for twenty two minutes. Where's this from? Two thousand four. Yeah. Uh, a very very good movie in Mean Creek. Definitely coming of age and uh, a heart wrenching story. One of those really, it's just one of those movies that gets me on a uh, gut level. Like uh, it makes me. Maybe I, I saw it, and I can tell you exactly what theater I saw it in, and I, I stuck with me, and I've seen it a few times since on the pay channels. Hmm. Just a really good movie all around. That is something when you can remember the theater you saw a movie in, because then it really sticks with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a sign that it really stuck with you. Or something did. Well, the experience, yeah. Yeah. Like there's some movies like that you've brought up where I'm like I can remember the theater that I saw that in, and I remember like what shoes I was wearing that day, but I don't really remember the movie. That happens too. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, Mean Creek. 2004. Uh, number one for me. I didn't know where to put those on my list. Honestly, American Graffiti was my first choice for number one. Just because I like it so much and because it's so iconic. But uh, the more I thought about it, the more I realized, first of all, I like this movie so much more than American Graffiti. Number two, it really is uh, a perfect coming of age movie. I'm talking about Almost Famous from 2000. Uh, 
no? Not so Cameron Crowe needs to uh, remove his uh, penis from your mouth. God, that was screwed. I've been pretty good all, all say. too. Why would I do that? Do, do, I was almost going to talk about how I violate sexually these these DVDs where like I go in the back door and I, and I when I really check them out, like all their orifices. But I was like, no, don't do that because you're not that guy. No, repeat this. Why are you doing that? We're not that? that show. And we're not that show. We're not that show. And now I've got to talk about you engaging just because Orally. you love him so much. Well, because you're a suckler. And you're a suckling You know what, though? I'm not, though. I'm not, though, because I, he's, the, he's a director I broke up with, remember? After Elizabethtown and the fucking Okay, Zoom well, movie. stop talking about the sex you once had with him, because it's over. Oh, but it's, it's so good to look back. This movie's in my spank bank. <laughs> Brian. Brian, come on. Oh, we're we're not the show. show. Now we're that show. Patrick Fugit as uh, William Miller. He, uh, his innocence is shattered, Anderson, in more ways than one. He loses a virginity. It's taken by a bunch of rock and roll groupies. Mm-hmm. He also falls in love with an unattainable girl, Kate Hudson, who was nominated for an Oscar. Why are you screaming that? Because uh, that's a recurring theme. You sound like you're at a sporting event and she's going to What about your boy? Make a, make a basket. You have money on the game. He starts the story under the thumb of his, of his domineering mom. It is, she, she's, she's like, you're a, you're, you're a teenager, but he's really 11. And he goes on, he sort of uh, spreads his wings out on the road with this rock and roll band. Definitely coming of age. He definitely yeah. gets his eyes open. He definitely sees lots and lots of shit. Becomes a man. He does, Spreads sure. his wings. It is absolutely a coming a of age. A little Patty Fugit. Mm-hmm. He's act more. Is that your 1A and you got 1B to stand no. by me? Well, stand by me. Why would one, you say that? B. I don't understand what that's supposed to mean. Because they're both equally as, uh, as iconic? No. That's my iconic number one. Almost famous, my favorite coming of age film. My number one. Here we go. Let's just let's just do it, and we can be done with it because uh, I'm very excited. This one has come up. I think only most recently. I think I had it on my also ran uh, for how uh, is it uh, kidnapping or one word titles or I don't know. Yeah, I think it might have been one word titles because mm. I had like fifty on there. Um, but I got some I got some shit from just a few weeks ago from a listener. Saying uh, a couple different listeners actually saying I can't believe this wasn't on your kidnapping. There is kidnapping involved in Tootsie, Brian. Tootsie. There is kidnapping involved in Tootsie. Not. I'm not talking about the the uh, the, the the Hoffman movie. Oh, okay, because that's what I was thinking of. Like, talking it is? about talking about the South African movie Tootsie, oh, which is so yeah 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 spelled differently. Great. T S O T S I. 2005. If you notice, places is it's not glaringly obvious. Uh, the mid 2000s. Big on the uh, coming of age story. Now that says a couple different things. I'll get back to Tootsie in a second. I was trying to figure it out, and I like to span my movies. I like to span time, Brian. Yeah, we're I like to span time. Uh, over more than just uh, you know one decade. Yeah. Usually, I'm stuck in the '90s when a lot of my movies, and I realize you know that's kind of my wheelhouse. But I try to expand, and I've seen movies from all these different eras, and a lot of time I pluck, I pluck, and I pull, and I I do have the shoe shine, thank God, from 1946. That uh, brings my my the the average. Uh, age of my of my top five sure. here to about 1972. Probably. There you go. Right. That's right. But the, with the 1942 film. The other four, 2005, 2007, 2004, 2005. All right? They're all right in that span. Now, that says two things. Either one, they didn't make many coming-of-age movies back uh, other than... That was kind of like... It, it's not true, but okay. Or, and or, uh, the ones that they did, they were doing them wrong. Really? Or they weren't coming-of-age in, in, from, from my sure. era. Well, you had to didn't come speak of age. to me. To recognize them. So Tootsie is a story of Tootsie. Um, yeah, that's where it also came up, was uh, characters in the name. I think that I had it on the uh, also around there. Anyways, Tootsie is the story of a very uh, hard, hard group of young uh, uh, South African kids. Why are you yawning while I'm speaking to you about my number Long one, day. which I'm Long obviously day. very jacked up about? Long day. Go keep going. No one, no one knew that I yawned. No one knew that I yawned. Uh, I did. It hurt me. One best foreign language film, 2006 Oscars, Brian. Um, wow. Worth checking out. It uh, moves along well. It's so easy to say this is like Sin, um, Sin Nombre or uh, um, 
Children of 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 God. City of God. City of God. The, the sequel is Children of God, I think. It is? We never saw oh, it. We, we both gave, apparently wasn't very good. But yeah, City of God. It's similar in tone, just with uh, what's going on with kids. But long story short, this kid, Tootsie, uh, no real respect for human life, no real respect for himself, for those around him. He's got three other friends, same uh, similar attitudes. They're running the, uh, the streets of... Uh, uh, of of uh, what is it Johannesburg mm-hmm. and uh, the slums Jayburg Jayburg yes this is also also obviously before District Nine but a lot of very similar images because I don't watch a whole lot of South African sure. G- Johannesburg movies uh, I should also say uh, point out uh, directed by David uh, Gavin Hood Gavin Hood who did Wolverine oh, yeah. he did Wolverine. Origins yeah. Wolverine almost awesome movie from uh, Johannesburg and he went to UCLA Just a little yeah. piece of trivia there I threw in there because it's UCLA what that. You're a USC guy. But uh, so Tootsie and his gang are, are cruising around and uh, without giving anything away, because I really I don't think I, 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 enough people have seen this. And I know that I'm trying, if you haven't noticed, trying to go down different roads and talk about movies we haven't talked about. because We've talked about so many movies so many times. Yawning again. Yawning again. But uh, somehow Tootsie comes in. I'm not going to tell you how, but he, he comes in uh, contact and uh, becomes the uh, sole bearer of a young baby, just like infant child. And now Tootsie, this badass kid, has a child, and the series of events leading up to the end, there's definitely a transformation of Tootsie from a um, young uh, uh, boy into a man. That's mm. all I'm going to say. Good, good movie. Tootsie. Very well told. And uh, based on an uh, adaptation of a novel by an author named Athel Fugard, Brian? Never? You don't know? No, no. Athel Fugard. Interestingly, written in 1950, yet uh, a lot of the themes and uh, and storytelling didn't have to be changed a whole lot, hmm. and it still worked for the uh, 2005 Johannesburg, Johannesburg uh, uh, world, hmm. as it were. But Tootsie, very good movie. Uh, my number one on coming of age flicks. There you go. Tootsie comes of age. Five to one for me. Road of Perdition, number five. Karate Kid, number four. Mask, number three. If you haven't seen it, I'm interested to see your report uh, if it holds up. Number two, American Graffiti. Number one, Almost Famous. Uh, five to one for me. We're going back to our roots on this, Brian, because I got all these uh, these movies that aren't necessarily in the uh, up on the marquees uh, often. Shoeshine, number five for me, 1946 movie by uh, v- uh, Vittorio De Sica. Um, Michael Cuesta's uh, uh, 12 and Holding, which is on instant right now, as is Shoeshine, both of them. Number four for me is uh, 12 and holding on instant, like I said. Number three for me, Son of Rambo, not on instant. Number two for me, Mean Creek, Mean Creek. Uh, very, very good movie, jarring at times. And number one, equally as jarring, actually more jarring, is Tootsie. Mm. Uh, number one, Tootsie. Um, but God damn it, when he's with that kid, there's so, so many touching, beautiful, fantastic moments. Tears in your eyes, Brian. Wow. Tears in your eyes. Wife, wife even watched it. Wow. Yeah. Tears? Made her watch it. Tears in her eyes? Mm-hmm. All right, Brian, and just just for the sake of uh, doing the also ring, because yep. we unless we're going to do a, ta- a part two of this, but I don't I don't think it. Nah, uh, we yeah. got a lot of part twos right, to right. do. Uh, just and I get a lot of tweets every week and even emails uh, where people complaining about how not movies not being mentioned on on certain lists. And I get that, I understand that. So just to let uh, the listener know that a uh, movie that they might have had top of mind for this list. Uh, might have also been on our also rants. Right. Just didn't make it the top five for this reason or that. Uh, my also rants, yep. Brian, contain these movies. This is England. Very good movie. Uh, on instant right now. 
You can watch that right now if you like to. I like to watch that. The Wild Child from 1970. It's been too long since I've seen this, so I could not. Uh, I could not vouch for it. Paper Moon gets talked about too much. The Mighty, so good, uh, gets talked about too much. The Squid and the Whale might be one of the greatest coming of age movies ever made. Gets talked about too much on the show. The Butcher Boy doesn't really ever change enough. His character doesn't change enough in the movie. Uh, plus, it gets talked about too much. Sinombre. White Oleander almost made it. God, I love that movie. About a boy, uh, the Emerald Forest. Mm. Definitely a coming of age movie in a very different different way. Uh, King of the Hill, which I talked about not too long yeah, ago. Love that made movie. Made me watch that So one. good. So good. Uh, Little Fugitive, which we've talked about. Beast of the Southern Wild. Definitely mm, a coming of age movie, right? Right? Yes. Good call. The 400 Blows, which I talked about uh, just a few weeks ago, so it can come up again. Billy Elliot. Menace to Society and Searching for Bobby Fischer. Wow. Good call. King of the Hill is definitely one of mine. Uh, Say Anything is uh, is a uh, coming of age. Harold and Maude. How's that on your list? Harold and Maude. Big, big, big. Mm -hmm. This boy's life. Juno. uh, Bended like Beckham. uh, Oh, Pride and Beach Memoirs and Biloxi Blues. Uh, The Slums of Beverly Hills. 500 Days of Summer. Could be considered a coming of age. A little old, maybe. Um, Fox and the Hound. Disney-fied. Brian, come on. Diner. Uh, Maybe a little old, but still. Um, You know, one that I wanted to put on just to see if it would upset you was The Last Starfighter, but I couldn't get it on there. Uh, The too many movies I actually liked. And uh, Scent of a Woman. And This Boy's Life was almost my number one, but I just eh, talk about it too much. You do. Talk about it too much. Retired. Yeah. Road Apples. (laughs) If you have not seen This Boy's Life, though, watch that movie. Let's start top five. Number five, Almost Famous. How do you vote for these? Oh, sorry. You can go on Twitter.com slash The Film Vault or Facebook slash The Film Vault. Keeping Logan honest. (laughs) He's still applauding. As I said, number five is Almost Famous. Number four, The Sandlot. No. No? Yeah, it's definitely coming of age, the the lead character. By the end, he's definitely more well-adjusted. But it's more baseball movie than, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you also have Squints getting his kiss at the lifeguard station. A listener sent me just like yesterday, I think. Guys, AndersonCowan.com. Um, I got that, that uh, Loveline uh, thing that I made back like, in the two, in year 2000 or something up there right now, uh, as well as some movie reviews. But um, you can also hit me up with emails, AndersonCowan.com. And you guys are, I love the stuff that you guys sent me. And somebody sent me a uh, link, which I have not had a chance to read. I will. But apparently, the kid that plays Yaya, Yaya, in, uh, in, in uh, what movie? The Sandlot. Sandlot, thank you. <laughs> it's Christ. apparently a horrible, horrible uh, human being in real really? life today. And I, I look forward to reporting on that next week if you guys remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Number three, The Breakfast Club. Oh, a three. Number two. That is definitely coming to vision. Dazed and Confused. One day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the number one coming of age film, as voted on by our listeners, is Stand By Me. Yeah. Good calls. Brian, I, I, Good said, calls, I, all of you. I gave you Stand By Me. And you said, why? Why would you, why would you do that? There's listeners, not number one. That's right. Hmm? Figured it would be. Figured. Oh, you know what I learned? What? Before we end the show, After Earth, Scientology-based, apparently. Makes a sense. A lot of speculation that Makes it's all, it's, it's a Scientology vehicle. That makes sense. You know what? I, I went on, um, because it's getting a lot of backlash. It's about AE, right? AE. We're talking about AE, After Earth, right? And we opened the show talking about After Earth, and we're talking about the sheep, and, you know, piling on and hating it because it's it's uh, M. Yeah. Night Shyamalan. And I went on, I was about to be, I was I was setting myself up for lots of anger when I went on uh, Rotten Tomatoes to make sure, and it panned out okay, but uh, Last Airbender, his movie M. Night made before uh, After Earth, Way worse a movie. I don't walk out of any movies. I, I gave it 30 minutes and right. I walked out, if you remember, a couple of years ago. And uh, thank God the Rotten Tomatoes score is lower on that one. That's, that got a nine. I sure. think that After Earth, AE is at 12 right now. Both bad movies, but um, 
After Earth, infinitely better than than uh, the yeah, last. That's Airbender. sort of the impression that I got. What are we gambling on, Logan? He doesn't know yet. Well, why all right, we wait this often. Last week, you want to do last week's first? Oh yeah, that's right. We gotta we gotta fucking oh shit. I was, pay it I off. Was, I was way off. Pay it off. All right, last week you guys gambled on the internship. Uh, I guess like seventy something. At the time, the Rotten Tomato score was twenty five percent. Brian bid seventy six and Anderson thirty seven. Seventy six. Or Karuchu. Now, currently, the Rotten Tomato score of the internship is thirty two percent. Making oh, Anderson man. the winner. So close. Very close. All right, buddy. What do I got? I, I, I don't know, man. I, you know what? I, do people care anymore? Next week, if you're talking about a movie that was on a list from this week, I mean, do people want? Yeah, yeah. Want to, like, I like flickfesting a movie that you talked about in your flick fashions, for example. So, if you have a list movie that came up or something, Shoeshine, Shoeshine, not yeah. Son of Rambo. No, no, because well, this Shoeshine's uh, on on it, it's it's fuck flicks and streaming. What Somebody s- suggested that I call it uh, Netflix, but no, that's too easy. Yeah. Fuck flicks, fuck flicks. Oh, I went into a. <laughs> we have a very pretentious uh, uh, video store out here on the west side. For those of you who live in LA, I've probably heard of Cinephile. Uh, Cinephile is a, a video store right next to the world famous New Arts Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard here out in the uh, Santa Monica area. And Cinephile was a place that I, I stopped going to altogether. I used to go there and get my movies uh, mm. way back in the day. But they became such horrible hipster yeah. uh, fucks. Totally turned around. Really, really nice guy. They're, was the, in there. they're the people in your dorm room floor you don't want to talk to about movies. They're awful, awful people, yeah. Uh, not anymore. Really, really nice. I, I went in there to buy a t-shirt just a couple days ago. Why? And What's that for a t-shirt? They, they got really cool shirts in there. Movie shirts. Oh, they're they're the ones that do the rock shirts, but they have the director's name, and they, they meld the two genres, the two different things. Like, they have a Danzig shirt, but it says Herzog in Danzig oh. writing, but it's got the skull with the Herner. horns. It's pretty sweet. So I got that, and I got uh, Boone Well, and it's like Bauhaus, Bauhaus, but it's Boone Well. All right. Anyways, and, and they're cutting. He's cutting the eye of the Bauhaus logo. It's pretty sweet. But uh, they had a, a big framed poster, and it just said um, cocksuckers. But instead of blockbuster, it just said cocksuckers. I enjoyed it. I'm all right with that. I liked it. And they were all super friendly. They're like, thanks for coming in, man. I've never seen such a 180 in a business before. Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder if their business has gone down or up. I talked to the owner like this a year is super ago. Super local, though. yeah. And he was almost. He, he said they almost shut down because word got out that everyone hated everyone that worked there. They were, they made like a little club of their, themselves, and they were just ultra hipsters. They really were. Like the parking lot. Remember that movie, The Parking Lot, the documentary? No, what was that about? Yeah, never mind. Did I ever see it? I thought we talked about the parking lot. You, you know the parking lot. I saw lot. it. Yeah, it was good. There was a bunch of kids that run like a parking lot uh, uh, tower, and they're just total hipsters, right? They like put little essentially. Signs. On the you know little arms that come up yeah, and down, yeah, yeah. they'd put like quotes and stuff on the. And then we see you know the people that use this uh, parking lot and they drive out and they, they have no idea what it means. You know, we do though, we do. Oh, horrible people. Yes, yeah, so, um, see shoe shine, shoe shine. Yeah, can do. Orson Welles' favorite movie. I gotta read so this shit. Mm-hmm. Right. You enjoy it. All right, this Second week, week in a row, have, I gotta read a movie. Have Christy watch it as well. What? Who's Christy? See if you can do that. Have the wife watch it. It's very busy these days. This week, you're going to be gambling on The Man of Steel. Ooh. I thought it was called Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Okay. That's why... So, Anderson, did you see what this? happens this, this year? Did you see this number? No. I saw the other one. Okay. Because I saw the movie. Remember, This is the End was the other one. Gotcha. And that's why I said I couldn't do it. Um, movies, summer movies piss me off with the fact that, like, 
the big ones take up so many screens, so they force out like right. some of the other good ones. Squeeze them out. Squeeze them out. They're like you know like viruses or like cowbirds that mm. come and they lay their giant eggs and then the eggs hatch and they force everything else out. Um, but also. It's getting to be such a science, the box office. Apparently, why there's nothing in theaters right now is because everyone's afraid of getting cut off of the knees as soon as Man of Steel comes out. So no one wants to release their movie because they know that they'll be like number one. Or as soon as Man of Steel comes out, it's going to knock off whoever's number one. You really? know what I mean? So people yeah. are, yeah, they're, they're trying to vie for a better spot. So maybe their movie could be number one in a couple weeks because everyone knows as soon as Man of Steel comes out, number one. Hmm. It's upsetting. All right. What's your number? 83. 77. Ooh. Ooh, look at how close we are. Mm. All right. Currently, the Wednesday before release with 80 reviews. 80. Ooh. Man of Steel has a Rotten Tomato score of 61%. Whoa! God damn it! Really? I have high hopes for this movie, too. I don't want it to be good, but I thought I was going to be wrong. I don't want it to be good. So you win either way. I want everyone to slow down. Stop it with the Man of Steel. That's good though. You win either way. Either you're going to be correct, or you're going to uh, going to be correct. All right now, it looks like obviously they're going in darker directions now with these comic book movies, and it looks doesn't it? Maybe it's just the way that they're marketing it, but it definitely looks like a cheap imitation of a Dark Knight, right? Uh, Batman Begins. I mean, yeah, yeah. To, I guess so. I mean, I yes, it's definitely grittier than um, the Zack Snyder treatment. Okay. Which, by the way, excites me very much. Why? I love 300, mm-hmm. liked Watchmen, that it was an almost awesome movie, and even though Sucker Punch was not a good movie, there was enough to keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, Zack Snyder, while even when bad, is interesting and when <sighs> good, is great. about Sucker Punch. See, I avoided Sucker. Uh, you ever seen it? No, if I, if I remembered that just now, I probably would have made it much lower. God damn it. Yeah. I may assign you to see Sucker Punch. Yeah, you day. shouldn't do that. There's a lot of good movies I could watch. Okay, let's go. What are we doing? What are we doing? Checking out here? No, you want to talk about often. Oh, yeah. So Brian forwarded me an email. I don't know how you came across the email, but a listener. Well, yeah, I don't know the listener's name, um, but uh, fan of the show, listener of the show. So I appreciate that. And I, I, I'm not trying to give you too much shit here, but you're giving me shit. You opened up opened up uh, this whole can right here. <laughs> and so I believe it was early in the morning when I got that, and I just thought it was funny. So I forwarded it to you, and I said, from a concerned fan. <laughs> From a concerned fan, so I get it, and I'm in bed with the wife uh, when I when I get this, and I and I and I open it up because she's a well educated, smart lady, and she's pretty good with her words. She's properly uh, raised. She's got a, a English father, mm-hmm. British father, thick accent. It's really weird when you first meet him because he's got a thick accent. I don't like that. Talking about football and the pitch and the match and uh, jolly good, cheerio. But uh, anyways, point is, I say often, often, mm-hmm. and I pronounce the T right, and apparently. This really upsets this listener. Yeah, often. And uh, it occurred to me, I always use the T. Logs, do you use the T in the often? I hadn't thought about it before, but I guess I don't. Often. Yeah, see, he, just, huh. he didn't say it. Months. I never say months either. I say months. But you so know, it's the opposite there. When I say it there, the T is, is noticeable because I say often. There's a little hiccup. There's not, it's not often. I don't like it when people say months or clothes. So it's probably the same feeling he's getting when he hears me say often. But I looked it up, sir, and it uh, turns out uh, Webster'sDictionary.com mm-hmm. says you can say it either way. Oh. They even took a poll, and the poll had 51% of the people weighing in that use the often, and they ah. use the T. But then I realized people that are looking it up are probably much like me, yep. being ones called on their shit, and they're the ones that are saying yes, but only 51%. But a, a slight majority of us apparently use the T. Right. I'm sure this well, is riveting that most it's of within, our listeners. It's within the margin of error of the poll, so uh, half and half. I'm not going to change. Do you, nor should you. 
Should I? No. I don't want to. Absolutely not. Yeah. Don't do it. I was really hoping we could talk about The Purge here, because I have a lot to say about The Purge. I'll try and see it. Well, I got a lot it's to It's not good, though. Don't see it. Oh, fuck it then. I got to see yeah. Man of Steel. I got to see... Uh, it's ridiculous. This is the end. Do you see The Purge? No, I, I was oh. going to, though. It's oh. stupid. Uh, all right, I'll wait for DVD. <laughs> here's here's what it could have been called, okay? Without giving too, oh, that's okay. Yeah, okay. You know what? Stop listening right now. If uh, you really don't give it away. The purge. Oh, I'm gonna give it away. You're also gonna, gonna talk away. about the road too. So if you want to stop listening now, um, the purge could have been called uh, guys with creepy masks mugging for the cameras. Uh, while that thing that happens where somebody's about to get shot, and then right before they do, they get shot from somebody standing behind them. Happens four times. That's what the title should have been. I know it's kind of long and wordy. But that, that was the whole movie. The road. All this is about the road is, you said it didn't get dark enough. What about the part where they found the, the this is skulls, spoiler the part. cannibals? No, not the skulls. They found the people they were going to eat, the, the whole uh, uh, cachet of people underneath the uh, basement. That was extremely dark. The naked people who were, were being farmed. Yeah, they were being harvested. Yep. That yeah, was that was kind of dark. That was, was pretty dark. creeps, yeah. All but it didn't really stick in my mind. You had to jar it just now out of there. No. You know what I mean? You it had was, to jostle it out. It, was very, it stuck with me. Not very, top of mind for people me. People being, uh, being, being uh, eaten. Yeah, it's also because you, you've never seen, uh, oh man, what was that movie? <laughs> that Australian movie with the drilling in the head and the boiling water. What is that called? Oh, Christ. Solo? No, no, no. And like, there's a whole army of, ah, never mind. Sorry. What is the name of that movie? God damn it. Someone will tweet it to you or email it to you. I don't think I even flick-fested it. was just a comment at AndersonandBrian.com. Hey, speaking of which, AndersonandBrian.com is where you go for everything Film Vault related. Click on that Amazon banner. We appreciate the continued support. Comment on the episodes telling Anderson the Australian movie where they drill into heads. A uh, list of all the films we talk about on their honorable mentions. If you want to know what was on their list this week, what was their films they talked about, it's all right there. Information on feature artists such as Flocky. Got to open us, that right? The Loved Ones. There it is. Yeah, I just typed in Australian movie drilling in heads. <laughs> the loved ones are very similar uh, underneath the floorboards. What's going on yeah, over there? I don't like that. Flocking fields are top five under the floorboard scenes. Glorious pastures. Glorious pastures. Uh, Flockingfield.com is where you go for information on Flocky. Uh, his album Prepare for Crash Landing is out now. Uh, ugh. Oh, Anderson, I'm sorry you yawned so much. I'm very tired. Yeah, you're tired. Long week. You've been yawning often. Grandpa in the hospital. Weeks, oh, buddy, come on. A couple weeks still Charlie's left. Charlie's in the hospital. A couple oh. weeks left. Christy's grandpa in the hospital. A couple of days left. Uh, Charlie, emergency surgery today. Had to Charlie's take him his to, dog. Charlie, my dog. Had to take him to the hospital for emergency surgery. He's overnight in the hospital tonight. I haven't seen him. I literally took him to the hospital. Last I saw was them taking him away. And now he's well, emergency surgery. I got... Uh, fucked up day. That's really horrible. And I apologize. I'm sorry for all your losses and soon-to-be losses. That's all right. A couple of weeks, a couple of days. I have uh, a couple minutes before the bars close. So. Okay, we'll wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, we'll do better next time. Until then. What? It was fine. <laughs> Shoe shine, check it out. Andersonandbrian.com, where we do it for Van Gogh. Inspired list. Well done. <laughs> Such a great actor. I'm talking to me. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's uh, what we used to sound like. I, th- I feel like we're a whole lot better now. I feel like I'm a whole lot better now, I should say. Oh, I hope so. Well, it would be bad if you were worse. I just assaulted you, right? Oh. Well, if I'm the same, that's okay. Oh. If I'm plateaued in 2013, and here I 10 years later, I'm just as good. It's scary when you get to a certain age where, you know, things that happened 10 years ago don't seem that long ago. And, uh, yeah, the fact that we were doing this 10 years ago, and that's not even, it's just, time is creepy, guys. That's all I have to say, right? right? Time fucks you up. <laughs> it does, right? That's what I'm taking away from this episode. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, 
Okay, so here's a question too, and maybe tweet Brian, let uh, Avery know. Contact TFE at gmail.com. Let us know if we're going to have to probably do one more of these best ofs, uh, you know, from yesteryear, from the annals of the uh, film vault. We referenced a few times on this episode, uh, the, the, the episode we had done the week before, which was top five movies to ban from the film vault. Uh, which we chose five from each other's uh, recurring lists. And it kind of made me want to go back and listen to it. Now tell me, uh, tell us if you had the same feeling and if you would like to actually hear that as the next best of that we run. I know it's kind of like, it's not, a, it's not really clean and neat. I, it's not the appropriate way to go about this where we're playing this one from over 10 years ago. And then the next one we play is I like love the one this from, idea. Be, from before. No, do, and, do the band movies. That's one that comes up a lot. We talk about it a lot. All right. So yeah, I think we all need to have our memories refreshed of what's been banned and, and why certain movies maybe. The only one I can think of, remember from your list that was for me was election. That's the election. only one that comes mm-hmm. straight to mind. So maybe we will re- revisit that before the, uh, the summer's over. Next Romy time we, and Michelle was on there. We have a, uh, oh yeah. Cause you still <laughs> love Romy. God, you had Romeo and Michelle on. No, not for it. I love What's that it. Pustit nits. I remember the, the monkey, nits. monkey babies. <laughs> Ugh. It's so funny too, like hearing, uh, cause I, you know, I go back and listen, Brian, I know you don't, but like movies that like, you're just kind of rattling off your tongue and like quoting and myself, myself as well. Like, I'm like, I have no idea what that quote is or barely even know what it's, what movie is from. And probably like, something I saw recently. No, it wasn't even that. It was like the mask. I was like rattling off shit the from mask? the mask. Like Jim Carrey's a mask. I was Why? angry about certain lines. And that was like, you know, 10 years after the mask came out. It's weird. How the brain just kind of lets things go. It's weird. Yeah. The mask is not a movie that you bring up. I often. hate it though. And it's still top of mind, even though it was, <laughs> but I'm letting you sleep. I know. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for letting us know what you think, especially if uh, you'd like to hear the band, the band uh, films list. I would like to hear that again. All right. It's on the list. All right. And uh, thanks for uh, continuing to support the show while Anderson's gallivanting. Gallivanting a Panama, showing the boy the world. I don't want him to have a small uh, worldview. I don't want to keep the wife happy. Hey, it's my it's my birthday present. She got it for me for my 50th birthday present. Yeah. You know what she got me for uh, my 50th? What's that? She got me one of these, which I'm always... Um, oh, the knife uh, magnet? Light, m- knife magnet for the wall, because I always tell her about how much I'm jealous of yours, because you have one that's in the kitchen that I, it's right behind my head when every time we do this episode, these shows. And she got me one of those for my 50th and a trip to Panama. Look at that. Everything uh, a man needs. You know the trip sucks if I like the knife magnet more by that's the time true. everything's said. I guess I'll find out when you get back. Yeah. All right, tune in and find out next time. Until then. We do it for Mango!